this week on Line of Sight. Now we're getting into the good, good stuff for me. Uh, this is what people came for. This is the cream of the crop. Not a hidden gem. It's a hidden rock. It's hit. It's, but like it's something to like remember or not remember. <laughs> like it's just like like lost '90s thing, kind of is what it is. Her nieces lure men back to their ranch. And then they all get off in creative ways. She's a witch and she's making potions to make someone fall in love with her. So like all these guys, they keep like ending up dead. Uh, I feel like I just described this movie with another one, but (laughs) (laughs) the main plot of it is like this two time in wife luring men back to this house to kill. Harsh. You you are a hard man to please. Few technological developments have had as great an impact on our lives as these two idiots. Stop telling me you two are pretty good. Best in the company. Golly, I'm so impressed. You're talking about line of sight. Yeah, that's right, exactly. Welcome to Line of Sight. This is episode 161 for November the 1st, 2022, recording on October 30th. And my name's Adam. And my name is Nathan. Happy Halloween, Nathan. Tomorrow is Halloween for us, yesterday for the listener. Or more realistically, a few months ago for the listener that (laughs) doesn't stay on top of this podcast. (laughs) Happy Halloween to everyone. Happy Halloween. Um, Trick-or-treating tomorrow? Uh, Yeah, we will be with the kids for sure. Uh, Max is going as Mario, Super Mario. And Briar, I think, is a fairy princess or fairy. I don't know the exact. I don't know if it's an IP of any sort. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Everything but, must be. Yeah. I was talking him up. I think uh, Master Chief might be in his future, maybe next year or whatever. I was saying, yeah, you could do it. But he already decided on Mario, so... We'll see. I think there was someone, like a family member, someone that's Master Chief that I heard just, uh, we had some people over and yeah, someone asked, oh, what are you going as? And I I heard it, like them saying Master Chief and then it was probably Brenda asking me like, who, what? <laughs> it's like, Halo. <laughs> He's going as Halo. <laughs> uh, I love that. Uh, <laughs> that and uh, yeah, so I was thinking I should have, but I didn't have time or the energy to put the effort in. But uh, we were trying to convince Briar to go as Princess Peach, but she didn't want to, so that's fine. But then, if she was going to, then it was probably going to be a last minute push to try to do Nintendo or Mario specifically 
and I would have been Bowser. But then, <laughs> like, I've you can buy the Bowser costumes or whatever, but then it's like they're not that good because they're not yeah. big. So it's like, oh, I have to yeah. make, I gotta make a giant shell, and like my size, yeah. <laughs> I would be a perfect Bowser. So, but whatever. But, it's uh, funny because I was considering doing a Luigi outfit, okay. but like, not like a bought one, just like get some blue overalls, yeah, and like a green shirt of some kind, and like a hat that I would probably wear on any other occasion but just right. a green paper boy hat or, or whatever and just kind of look like just a subtle hint a plain yeah like like how the power rangers on it. like how the power rangers are always in their colors and <laughs> yeah. stuff like that yeah just as a like uh everyday luigi not trying to be cartoon or right uh yeah so I didn't do that though, because like that Star Trek thing I sent you today. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that guy dressed as Picard. Yeah, uh, yeah, but I was like, I don't own overalls, and what am I gonna spend like fifty bucks on a pair of pants? I'm gonna right. wear once. And the thing is, <laughs> Value Village. I haven't been there in a while, but I used to go all the time. Uh, I don't know why, but I did, and then uh, it's. Everyone's saying how expensive everything's got. Yeah. You, yeah I get, think up. you were one of those people. And then it's yeah. just like, then it's no fun. Like if the clothes, like if they're dirt cheap, then yeah, you can go buy them. And Yeah. And it's like, I guess they have to pay their employees, but it's like all this stuff is donated to you for free. Right. So it's <laughs> not that it's all going to be profit, but come on. Uh, although there's a new value village in Barrie and I went to the grand opening recently and I did notice that DVDs and Blu-ray were a dollar cheaper than anywhere else. So I think Blu-rays are like four bucks when they're usually five and DVDs being three, which is still a little pricey for a used DVD to me. So I don't get much there unless it's something rare that i can't find anywhere else and i'd really like to have it right um actually, so are you are, are you not dressing up i i know i don't have anything planned mm. per se um I, and it's funny today alexis was saying she doesn't even really want to go trick-or-treating or more specifically she doesn't want to have to say trick or treat <laughs> i think she just doesn't like talking to strangers which is good but i mean this is the one night that it's okay when they're giving free candy yeah uh <laughs> you should uh just next year just convince her to work for a year and then you don't have to go out we'll just go with your money your allowance yeah. chores money and then we'll just buy garbage <laughs> yeah you're done i mean i bought a bag of candy a while ago not to give out but just for us <laughs> eating because it was like a hundred pieces for 10 bucks and i'm like that's a dollar for 10 pieces <laughs> that, that, wow <laughs> that's a that's a steal 
And the good stuff. It's Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, Reese's Pieces, O. Henry, Hershey Cookies and Cream. I, it, it is weird. I am such not a chocolate guy. Like, I don't dislike it, but, like, if there's a ton of chocolate in the house, I can, like, just ignore it. No problem. But, like, if there's candy, like, Sour Patch Kids or chips or anything like that, it's gone. Yeah. I mean, we we definitely didn't need to get any more chocolate. <laughs> like, we have so much that we could probably throw out just because it's like, is anyone going to eat this? Like, we have Easter bunnies and stuff right. left over and whatever. Uh, just filling our cupboards <laughs> uh but yeah we did get halloween candy we did get sour patch and uh all the maynard stuff in the, one of those things and yeah we usually have chips as well so uh but i know brenda's trying to eat more healthy <laughs> <laughs> i always have it in my head that i'm gonna eat healthy and it never happens but uh yeah when I when I eat out at uh, Mucho Burrito, I will get a burrito bowl. I will get the grains instead of rice. I will get black beans over pinto, and I'll get oh. shrimp. I'll get all these things. It's like, I'm eating healthy. This is the healthier option of all right. the things in front of me. But uh, I'm sure it's still not doing me any favors. Uh, anything else to report? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I never know. I forget things so easily these days. That's why I have letterboxed because I wouldn't remember any of the things I watched. And there have been a lot. So, yeah, unless you have anything else, we can get right to it. Uh, I feel like I'm getting worse every time we do one of these, what we've watched. I feel like my numbers are going up. <laughs> but this month is a little special because I was trying. Um, I made a list for myself on Letterboxd. My Halloween hopeful watch list 2022 put in 31 movies. And here we are. It's the 30th. And there were six on it that I haven't watched and two of them I have seen before. So there's really only four that I put on that I was wanting to watch. And if I only watch one more tomorrow, I'd be very happy with that. And uh, yeah, some of them it was just DVDs I have that I wanted to get watched um, or things that I haven't seen in a long time that I wanted to rewatch. Or just stuff that's on streaming that I knew was available. Um, and there's a wide range of, <laughs> of where they fall uh, in terms of what they are and uh, how important they were for me to watch. So, yeah. 27 movies in this list. And that's not even everything I watched this month, actually. Because some things I was kind of... Uh, shuffling the list i was like ah, i can take that out and put this one in that i ended up watching um 
let me tell you some things in October I watched that aren't on the list. They're all basically things I watched with the family. Sonic the Hedgehog, um, which I give a three. I thought it was pretty good. It's not amazing, the first one? Very watchable. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was, for what it is, I think it's fine. Yeah. Um, Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey, which I think uh, was like a Thanksgiving watch <laughs> with the family. Um, I like it. I don't love it as much as some people, but I like it. Um, I didn't rate it, but I did log that I finished She-Hulk, so that's also in there. Um, Nightmare Before Christmas. Never which, seen it. Which I don't love as much as some people, but I still, I, it's kind of grown on me, mainly just the music. I still think the story's a little weird and characters are iffy. Uh, I don't think you would like it. I saw that Evan really liked it. I think he gave it a five star and he just shared his uh, jack-o'-lantern with a carving of that. Um, So that one I could kind of fit into my Halloween thing, but um, I didn't want to fake it too much. Um, I watched something called Fairy Tale, A True Story. Which I found uh, at a store called Stuff in Barrie. It's a secondhand store for 50 cents. Uh, So Alexis is also very much into fairies. Um, She's not dressing as one. She's going as a princess, a bunny princess. Uh, But yeah, she's very into fairies. So I saw this. Uh, and picked it up, watched it with her. And I don't even think it's much of a kid's movie, or maybe it's for older kids. Uh, I'll go into a bit of it. Um, Let me bring it up on IMDb, because I thought it had a pretty good synopsis. Um, Oh, it's pretty much the same. In 1917, two children take a photograph, which is soon believed by some to be the first scientific evidence of the existence of fairies. Um, the back of the case goes into more detail about how two fig- two uh, famous people are have interest in it, and it's um, Harry Houdini and... Sir Arthur Conan Doyle and yeah apparently this is a true story based on a true story (laughs) so I don't know about the existence of fairies but basically what it says the these kids they are playing and they say they play with fairies and then they develop some film and they're caught on film kind of thing so the whole world is interested in these these kids and then those two guys come to visit them uh and Harry Houdini, played by Harvey Keitel. Arthur Conan Doyle, played by Peter O'Toole. It also has um, Bill Nye, Nye, Bill Nye, the science guy. Um, 
Uh, who else? Oh, so the one. Oh my goodness, it is Bob Peck. I was trying to find this out. There's one guy. I'm like, I swear this is Muldoon, and it doesn't look or sound like him. But I was like, this has to be. And I thought I was looking for it, and IMDb just showed it to me, and I apparently missed it the first time around. So it's got Bob Peck and uh, the one little girl. So they're they're cousins. These two little girls, and then the one is staying with her her cousin while her father's fighting in the war and he's missing in Africa and then the very end spoiler he he shows up um cuz they think he he's probably dead but then he shows up and surprise cameo her dad is Mr. Mel Gibson <laughs> and it's like wow when I did not see that made? coming this is from 97 yeah um and it's pretty good like considering the subject matter like i thought project production wise and like the seriousness of it like it's a pretty good just like about the characters there's not a whole lot of fairy stuff in it like i thought there would be more so i was just watching it in bed with alexis and she fell asleep before the end and it's like yeah i don't blame you but I was pretty into it, so I still give it a three and a half. Um, so I don't know how to recommend that one. I, as a grown man in his thirties, I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> and then I think the only other thing that didn't end up on my list that I did watch was Coco which is also a Halloween thing, but it was brought up by the family. That was just yesterday. And uh, Coco has really grown on me, I have to say. Um, I almost gave it a five. And I'm also thinking it's in the top ten Pixar movies. Uh, I didn't really... realize it was Pixar. Yeah, it's... Uh... It's really good, really good animation, like the look of things, but also the actual animation of it. Like I know it's one thing to say, yeah, it looks real, like all oh, that water looks real and the textures and everything, but some of the actual animation with the skeletons, uh, especially Hector, where he's like coming apart all the time and like doing all these really creative things with his bones like reaching his head out with his arm and stuff it's like it's really good like i was paying attention to that stuff and it's like this is incredible and the emotional ending it's like it's up there like it i could add this to the the next movies that make us cry um because it's like a few times it's it's hitting me or one is just a really extended time but uh and the music is amazing and i think now that i'm more familiar with the songs it uh it's more enjoyable for that reason too so so those are my non uh halloween watch lists some of them kind of fit in with halloween but uh i'll just kick us off with those so yeah i gave it four and a half uh coco that's awesome. Uh, okay, yeah. I didn't even realize that. Maybe because it's the musical, I didn't... I figured it wasn't Pixar. Yeah, and it's not... 
it's not a musical in that Beauty and the Beast and Little Mermaid are. It's like the songs in it are people performing. Right. So it's not like people just busting into song and it's weird. It's like, yeah, yeah it it's a different kind of thing. But yeah, I guess it's one I've of, seen like probably a third of it and then never went back to it. I think it's it's worth it. I think the story's good, even though first time around, I think I didn't like it much because it's like, I see where they're going with this. Like, <laughs> I know the twist. <laughs> but uh, even with that, it's like, it's still a good story. Like, it is uh, it is a well thought out and um, the structure of it and everything. There's no wasted scenes. It's all building towards stuff and... Yeah, it's got a great emotional payoff. Sounds good. Uh, starting, I believe, the night we recorded, I think I put it down as October 2nd or whatever, went on Amazon there. And I think they're getting all the bonds on there. Uh, so they had a documentary called The Sound of 007. And yeah. And... It's just about the music and it's pretty good. It's not amazing by any stretch because it falls into the uh, special feature category of just praising it and just <laughs> like loving themselves. So yeah. there is some information in there, but like not that it's just totally one sided, but like. Yeah, they they could have done a better job, I think, of being a little more self-critical on certain things. But uh, it's pretty good. Uh, and you'll know, I'm going to be going, most of my list is actually James Bond movies. <laughs> I've been going back on a James Bond kick. Haven't watched a ton of them uh, in the last little while, but... James Bonding, one of my yeah. favorite podcasts ever, is back. And by back, they're just re-releasing it now again for free. Everything was behind oh, their okay. paywall. So then now they're once a week releasing, starting from the beginning. So I've been kind of just listening and uh, to uh, those episodes and kind of following along, but then also just watching. I've seen them all, but rewatching older ones that I've only seen once or twice before. So, yeah, but highly recommend James Bond in the podcast. One of the best ever. F especially, it's always good, but especially the first couple seasons. Uh, in a couple weeks, the Casino Royale episode will be coming out and that is a genuine classic they even talk about it as like one of the best like the stuff that is discussed and like misinterpretations of the movie and stuff and like it is very funny they are very entertaining but the sound of 007 was pretty good uh the one thing they talk about a little bit was the Quantum of Solace one with uh, Alicia Keys and Jack White, which uh, is very divisive. And 
I really divisive, divisive, divisive. Uh, I really don't see the big deal. I can understand people not loving it, but I like as far as a James Bond song goes, it's like there's a lot that's kind of stink. <laughs> so it's like it's not like oh you've ruined this perfect record of things. Uh, but I kind of like it. So I think. I watched Quantum of Solace not too long ago. Um, let's see. Yeah, that was part of my review. That's how much it stuck out to me if I thought it was really bad. Because <laughs> uh, I didn't have any memory of it. Uh that title song has to be one of the worst. <laughs> Jack White and Alicia Keys together sound like they're doing bad karaoke. <laughs> yeah, I don't agree. <laughs> I think it's not bad. Like, and as I far think as like Jack, Jack White is very hit and miss. Some like he can, he has some good stuff, but then sometimes it's just like, what are you doing? Well, that's so the I think thing. It was one of those, but I feel like I'm more of an old person like would complain about uh like oh his music's just noise and i think sometimes it is but i don't think that song is like i think there is actual i don't know the phrasing but like rhythm and things going on where it's not just like random or seemingly random notes uh but whatever i like it I don't love it, but I, I think like the music and the singing is actually pretty good. So I don't know, but a lot of people don't like it. But then I think it's, even if you don't like it, it's a hundred times better than the banana one, Die Another Day. That is truly horrendous. Uh, yeah, it's, I, can't really think I can only think of the die another day part like that line uh but I mean I I maybe it's even just the quality of the movie it's like it fits it <laughs> so it's like whatever it doesn't yeah. matter but uh with yeah. quantum of solace it's like it should be better it should be forced I also don't know the Sam Smith one because I haven't even I still haven't it's even seen good. uh whatever that one's called specter yeah i really? have it and i i watched the other ones and i was gonna watch it and then i never did maybe i should actually because i was gonna i was gonna watch coco after halloween because i'm pretty sure that's what the day of the dead is and isn't that like in yeah. specter it's, it's like the, the day of the parade which apparently never existed until that movie came out and now it's a thing <laughs> I heard. Well, I think it. I don't. They invented it. <laughs> no, I don't think quite like that. But I think it's definitely exaggerated. Just the, yeah, the parade and all the stuff going on there. It's like, I'm sure it's pulling from other things, but it's like that event never really happened like that ever. And then it's like, yeah, we should do that. <laughs> um. Okay. So, so you've watched a bunch of James Bond, so you're going to uh, <laughs> hold on to those. Keep yeah, I need those them. cards I need them to, to talk to. 
Okay, so I'm gonna go through this list. I'm gonna I've sorted it in um my enjoyment level. Um I still have my six at the top that I haven't watched. Uh, so I'm gonna start at the bottom, go from what I thought are worst to best, so that people don't have to stop listening after the first couple. <laughs> they need to know what what's the best out there for uh, my Halloween watch list. So actually, the first three, which is what I was gonna group together, they're all on Tubi. That's where I watch them. And they all got a two and a half star. Um, and so the first one, which is the worst thing that I watched, is um, it's called Suspiria. I think it's fairly well known, but also maybe not mainstream. So some people might not know it, but it's directed by... Dario Argento from 1977. It's got a four average of Letterboxd. And I watched it. I'm like, what the heck? What is, what's the big deal about Suspiria? I don't get it. It came off as just a B movie with maybe better than average cinematography, but like it's, it's an Italian film and then dubbed in English. And maybe that just makes it seem like really bad acting. Um, doesn't have like a very strong story. It's kind of just like stuff happening. So it's all about vibes and I'm reading people's reviews and all about the vibe and oh, Dario Argento invented the color red. And it's like, yeah, I get it. He, there's a lot of red in this movie, but like, this is not, this isn't good. <laughs> Like I gave it a two and a half and kind of felt generous about that. Cause it's like, yeah, you made a film. It's uh, technically a film. Like you say, it's in focus. Um, you have a script. There's a beginning, middle and end kind of, I don't know. It was too artsy fartsy for me, maybe too abstract. I don't know. Um, just couldn't get, couldn't get into Suspiria. So it's, it is my bottom of the list, and I don't think any of the other ones I'm going to watch is, would which, follow it. Is there like a new one? And yeah, cool. so on, also one? on my list, there's a 2018 remake. It's on Amazon Prime. I haven't gotten to watch this, but maybe because of the sour taste the other one left in, I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to get to this one. I'll just push it off. But... I know I've heard some people saying it's better than the original and I kind of expect it to be. Um, it's not that I know any of these movies, but like the director seems like he's, I don't know, like he's a modern director. Right. So probably, uh, it's going to do something cool, but I don't know. I'm not, I'm not like rushing to watch it, but the, the general plot is like this girl goes to uh, a fancy ballet school overseas and then people are dying and that's really all you need to know. <laughs> that's about it. It's just weird stuff happening. Like it's, it's almost to the point of being 
like what you would see on the Simpsons parodying something like this, where it's like, uh, there's like a, there's a scene with maggots falling through the floor and like everyone's, it's like falling in people's hair and like close-ups of things and snap zooms and all this stuff where it's like what you would expect from like a seventies horror B movie. (laughs) So I don't know. It just, that's the vibe I got was just kind of goofy. So I didn't love it. But then these other two uh, that also got two and a half, they are kind of trashier movies, but even though they're like worse quality, they're way more enjoyable to watch. Um, uh, The first one that I watched and they were on the same day. And the only reason I watched the second one is because Tubi just goes right into the next movie and it was a background watch. So it just started. I'm like, Oh, fine. I'll leave it on. Um, so first one I watched is called Sorority Babes in the Slimeball Bolorama, <laughs> which I hadn't heard of. But then I, I don't know where. Um, I think maybe Reddit. Like I have a – I subscribe to the one sub just for bad movies. And I think the trailer maybe got shared in there. And I'm like, that actually looks really fun. Uh, and it was on Tubi, so watched it. It's about um, there's two girls uh, going through like a hazing for a sorority, and then they have to go and steal uh, the trophy from the bowling alley in the mall. And then uh, there's like the creepy guys spying on them and then they have to go with them as punishment or something. It's just a really cheesy setup. Um, and then when they steal the trophy, someone knocks it over and something is released from it. And it is an imp. (laughs) It's like, I'm pretty sure this is the first imp movie I've ever seen. And it's like this puppet imp, (laughs) It's like so bizarre and kind of like a black stereotype jive talking imp. And I think eventually you see him moving around more, but he's like always up against a wall. So it's like you can tell there's just like someone behind this wall and he's granting wishes and everyone's all happy. But then the wishes go bad and people are getting killed and blah, blah, blah. It turns into like, it's just a fun little thing. Uh <laughs> I enjoyed it a lot. Like it's super cheesy, fun kills and stuff like that. Um, and a jive talking imp. And what more could you ask for? Have a nice trip. See you next fall. <laughs> Crack me up. Uh, that's from 88. And then it went right into um, something from 92 called Auntie Lee's Meat Pies. And a similar vein of like cheesy, but probably more well done actually, um, about this Auntie Lee makes meat pies and surprise, the secret ingredient is it's made from human. It's pretty much Sweeney Todd, Uh, but she has her nieces lure men back to their ranch and then they all get off in creative ways so uh it had pat 
Morita um, from the Karate Kid in it. <laughs> um, oh, and I don't know this guy's name. I think it's Michael Berryman. Yeah. Michael Berryman is, uh, I haven't seen a lot of him. I just recognize the face, but he's like a really weird looking guy. He's got kind of like, um, he's got this cone head, bald head. (laughs) He's got like really striking in like a very horror way features. Uh, he was in like the Hills have eyes and a bunch of, um, Rob Zombie stuff, but like really weird looking dude. But he was in this and I thought he was really good. And he's not like that creepy. He's more of like a a dummy character that they order around. And he's kind of uh lovable. Um so of those three, sorority babes in the slime ball bolorama is definitely the most fun. Anthony's meat pies was okay, uh, but maybe more well done. And Suspiria is like technically well done, but not my jam. (laughs) So they're all two and a halfs for various reasons. All available on Tubi. (laughs) For a reason. Uh, Well. I'll, I'll divide mine up here, but I will start with uh, uh, James Bond. Uh, I watched, rewatched Tomorrow Never Dies. It's interesting. I like Pierce Brosnan is my James Bond as far as like the first ones I saw. Yeah. Uh, and Tomorrow Never Dies, like really introduced me to bond in the sense of oh all these movies are the exact same (laughs) like thinking like oh this is just golden eye every single thing that happens is the same thing like he gets caught and then gets away like it's like oh it is just golden eye but worse uh so uh it's always fun to go back to more never dies it is hilarious the villain and just like there's no this is 97 and there's like barely any anticipation of the internet in this movie like the power of the internet because the guy's like magazines newspapers (laughs) like he's like it's just like (laughs) all these dying uh mediums or whatever so it's just hilarious that alone uh i don't mind tomorrow never dies i think uh there's excellent things within it uh but yeah uh it's i definitely think pierce brosnan ones just are on a steady decline like they yeah they are order of that one is like it's it's okay like it's it's not bad yet Right. Like it's it is a it's a step down from Goldeneye, but um, I don't think it's quite what it becomes right. later on. <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah. And as Matt Gorley points out, and he's absolutely right. It 
Pierce Brosnan loves his hurt acting, where like <laughs> like excruciating facial yeah. features and stuff like this. It's just like, yeah, it's just funny. But yeah, tomorrow never dies. I think within the next uh, twenty weeks or so, I'll probably watch every James Bond movie because. At least once a week now, I'm going to be following this podcast, more or less. The ones that I know may, uh, really well, I might skip. But uh, it's always good to uh, re-watch them. Some with commentary. Yeah, so yeah, I, I have listened to some of James Bonding, and uh, I have... I'm subscribed to them and I saw those ones popping up but I didn't know it was like old episodes I thought there were new ones so that interests me it's funny because they're like it's they're like 10 years old at least Hmm. so both of them have girlfriends which are now both (laughs) both their wives and they both have kids now yeah so it's just like that alone and uh I just listened to the quantum of solace episode and within it uh they're getting uh one uh matt myra it's like oh i just got a text from my friend oh it's confirmed it's on variety ben affleck's gonna be batman (laughs) so like they're reacting to this stuff in real time it's funny oh they have no idea what's coming for them so, uh, yeah, good stuff. Um, I don't know why I just thought of this now. Um, maybe cause I was looking at my email, but we got an email and I keep forgetting to bring it up. Uh, cause I guess I could have brought it up on our last recording. Um, because it was mentioned in movies that make us cry part two. We mentioned the previous prize offer for listening to the entire super long <laughs> Marvel Endgame podcast. And this is from listener Chris. Okay. I don't know. If, is he the one that won that yeah, prize? Yeah, him and, uh, and Ruben. Ruben. Okay. I'll read. The, here's the, the rest because I think it's a nice little thing. And rather than tagging it on the end, let's just throw it in here. Uh, I believe that episode was one I listened to on a long car drive back from a vacation to Michigan with my wife and son. Oddly enough, as I listened to you discussing this on the podcast, we were once again in the car driving through the U.S. on our way to Maryland, this time with recent edition of Sun Number 2 in tow. Thanks for continuing to put out regular podcasts to fill my ears with sound when I'm doing mundane tasks or driving for hours on end. The length doesn't bother me one bit, especially when you cover such riveting topics as what beverages you're consuming while recording (laughs) or what time you like to wake up each day of the week. (laughs) Keep the podcast rolling and thanks for being family friendly audio. Except for when that Steve guy's on, we have to watch it. Um, that I know I did re listen to one episode and there was uh, <laughs> something uh, wasn't blurted out, and then also 
even last week. Not that it's the end of the world, but just the way we're referring to Tom Hanks lovemaking was not probably the... <laughs> but whatever. Yeah, I don't think kids are really paying attention to what we're saying if someone yeah. has it on in the car like yeah. Chris. But uh, yeah, thanks, Chris, for the encouragement and keeping these things And that, pro- that thing is still coming. I, I just need to... Uh, <laughs> just... Brenda, you're listening. Can you just, I will give you the money. Can you just order us some mugs with line of sight <laughs> logos on it? That'd be great. There, make, I've do, I'm, I'm done my duty. Too. Pardon? I'm making a note of that too. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like she's behind. It, when she's behind, you know, no one else is up to speed. Although right. I guess, yeah, when he wrote that i think that was just after it came out so i don't know maybe he's our biggest fan yeah um okay wanted to make sure i didn't forget about that uh okay so my next three i have on dvd i think one of them i ended up watching on disney plus uh instead of on dvd i don't i'm not sure i uh actually you know what if I tagged it like I have been doing, I'll tell you where I watched it. This is the the riveting stuff that Chris is talking about. Um, where are my tags? Maybe I didn't tag it. Oh, DVD. Okay, I did watch it on DVD. So here's three DVD uh, picks. All of them three stars. I don't. I didn't plan this. Oh, I guess they all start to vary after this, but. So my my next three in order of uh, worst to best. Not that these are bad, but they're also just kind of lower. Uh, I rewatched, and actually all of them are rewatches. Um, Bewitched from two thousand five. The uh, Nicole Kidman, Will Ferrell. Okay. Kind of, it's not like a remake. It's actually kind of clever the way that they do it. Um, it's. They're making a TV show reboot of Bewitched. And Nicole Kidman is an actual witch. And she's cast as Samantha, who is a real witch. So it's kind of this meta thing of like they're filming it and she's using real magic. And they don't know she's a witch until she reveals it at the end. Um, It's okay. It's... uh, I, I as a romantic comedy, I think it's pretty good. There's some good Will Ferrell stuff, but like it's not super memorable. There's like maybe two scenes that I could quote um, a little bit of, but that's about it. The rest is all kind of fine. Uh, Michael Caine is in it as her father, and. Yeah, I think it's better or more enjoyable than being the Ricardos, and it has the same feel of her be- playing like an old character behind the scenes on a TV show. Um, um, I think my wife was named after her, not Nicole Kidman. Yeah, <laughs> that's interesting. Um, next one, also kind of a weird little. TV show reboot, '95 uh, Casper. Mm, uh, I remember this with Bill Pullman. Uh, speaking of Matt Gorley, I know you said that he's been compared to <laughs> <laughs> Bill Pullman and Casper. His haircut. 
And actually, uh, Bill Pullman appears in another movie much higher on my list. Um, stay tuned for that. Casper's, I, I, it wasn't my pick. I only put it on my list because I'm like, okay, this fits for Halloween. And um, Is I just, Jonathan I, Taylor Thomas the voice of Casper? No, but I think it's Devin Sawa is real life Casper. He becomes human for a little bit at the end. Who's that? Uh, he was in a movie with JTT, Wild America, <laughs> I think. Or maybe I I'm think thinking I've, of someone else. I think I've seen that. Actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wild America. Devin Sawa was the guy in the middle, if you're looking at the poster, and JTT2 is his, right? Um, yeah. Uh, the voice of Casper, I don't even know. I think it's like just some kid. It's okay. really weird because, yeah, the, the, the ghost has a different voice than the real-life guy and sounds way younger. And then when he becomes real again he's like a teenager i don't know uh i didn't i think all this stuff sucks uh casper richie rich archie those were that aren't those all connected they all suck like the old stuff or the new versions of those things um casper <laughs> and richie rich were the same i don't know what uh what the company would be called. I don't think they're related to Archie. No. Um, same kind of era. I liked reading Archie comics though, but they're not like amazing. Nothing. They're gr- they're good bathroom material. Yeah, but, but uh, like it's like I think they make a point of like it's nothing. It's just stuff happens. Like it's not yeah. funny. And it's I know, and it usually ends with like a punchline, and it's like that took way too many pages to get to that punchline. <laughs> uh, yeah, some of it's I don't know. Well, in our house, we uh, would make them funnier by drawing things on Archie comics. Nice. So that was that was fun. Can uh, I yeah, say Casper. Some... I never watched the yeah. old cartoon or read any comics, so I can't comment on that. Okay. Keep going. Sorry. Um, and then the third of the this little uh, trio, I rewatched The Happening by M. Night Shyamalan. Um, very hated movie. Uh, it's got a 2.0 on Letterboxd. And I don't think it's that bad. I don't think it's that good. But I think it's got some good stuff in it. It's got some goofy stuff. Um... I don't mind the what is happening. I think it's kind of interesting, and I think it's shot really well. I think there's really good visuals, but yeah, not his best work. But I'll I'll defend it as a watchable and passable movie. <laughs> and that one's on Disney Plus, but I, I apparently watched the DVD. So, um. Yeah, three stars for all of those. They're all uh, okay movies that I I mostly enjoyed. Alrighty. Uh, let me just look what this one is quickly. I watched uh, The Gunfighter. Okay. Directed by Henry King, 1950. Starring 
Gregory Peck. And then uh, there's a few other guys. So it's old, old Western. It's very, uh, like, happens all within, like, a day or two. So, and really even a couple hours, it feels. So uh, Gregory Peck is this gunslinger and all these guys want to kind of prove themselves to be like kill him or whatever to like prove that they're the fastest and all this stuff so it starts off and he kills this young guy in a bar everyone witnesses it and he's minding his own business completely and the guy just keeps pestering him and then draws on him and then Gregory Peck kills him and then this guy's older three older brothers are after him and all this stuff and there's it's fantastic dialogue there's it's good old western cowboy stuff like it's just fantastic all that stuff uh the dialogue's amazing it's not like crazy beautiful or anything but it's nice black and white uh, photography and yeah it's it was a really good watch I enjoyed it quite a bit uh, not the best thing ever but a good western westerns are the best so uh, yeah I gotta check out more of those <laughs> the, the top ones at least there's mm-hmm. quite a few out there that are really really good there's something about that genre it's weird a whole universe it is a weird (laughs) thing but uh yeah i'm trying to think of but i'm not going to spoil it not that anyone's going to watch it but yeah it's interesting how it ends and uh yeah okay uh that reminds me one movie that I could have had on my list and I almost bought it. There's a new Blu-ray out is uh To Kill a Mockingbird. Okay, yeah. Which not that it's a horror or anything, but it takes there's this the end takes place on Halloween. And I forgot about that, but I didn't get it. I saw it a couple times at Walmart and it's like only fifteen bucks. I was like, uh, no, I've got too much to watch. And I never did it. And then I afterwards re- recalled the Halloween aspect of it. And it's like, oh, I should have just got it because I'll watch it eventually. But my wife also thinks I have a problem with bringing home movies. So <laughs> that kept me from picking it up. Um, so what I, I did end up watching... Um, uh, I can group together a bunch here. I have little things to say about them, but uh, these are mostly... So far, I've been keeping them all rating-wise together. Here's a bunch of three-and-a-halves and one that's a three. Um, I watched the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, 1974. Mm. Uh, it was on Tubi, and it's like... I'm. I want to watch all these like well-known things like um, 
I've seen now like a bunch of the Friday Thirteenths. We watched the first Halloween. Um, I've seen the first like two Child's Play. So it's like I've seen the remake from like two thousand four or something. Um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, and that gave me nightmares, or at least I was like I watched it home alone and like couldn't go to sleep afterwards because it was freaking me out. Um, and yeah, so this one I wasn't um, I wasn't overly impressed. It's fine. Uh, I didn't think it was that scary. This is the original? Yeah. Like, there's okay. some gross stuff, but I guess, like, maybe it's just me. So, and... is he, like, Mike... I've never seen these, I. but is he Michael Myers, or, like, is he just a killing machine? Give me the premise. <laughs> yeah, so, premise for this one Is it based is... on a true story? I... I don't know if it really is or not, um, but I'm sure something happened in Texas at one point. That with the chainsaw. It's probably, yeah, with a chainsaw and maybe some guy wearing skin. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I gave it props for not being what I was expecting at the same time, where it is just very uh, blunt in what it's doing and um like i watched x a while ago and i kind of feel like it's uh well that one's obviously playing off of existing things but this is like uh, a group of kids in a van going to uh some old family house just to check it out or something i don't know really i forget why they were really even going and then um the neighbor i guess is leatherface <laughs> and it's killing everyone but like it's just people kind is of that a mask or does he look like that uh yeah he's like wearing someone's skin over his face nice so there's some pretty gross stuff. But yeah, I think just maybe because I'd seen the remake and the remake is pro is a lot longer. And I'm not going to say something crazy like it's better because I think a lot of people hate it. But like as far as story goes and scares and stuff, it's like I thought there was way more to that movie. And um, I guess it's building off of this one because it's more of a remake than like a sequel reboot or whatever. Um, but I don't know. I still thought this one was okay. Like it's three and a half to me, but um, I don't know. It's not going to be a favorite or anything. Uh, so, yeah, um, that was on 2B. Um I don't know. Have you ever heard of the movie Powder? The yeah, the white guy. Okay. See, I had never heard of this until it came up on a podcast from a while ago um, on Chewing It with Kevin and Steve, two guys from uh, Broken Lizard, and Steve Lemmy tells this story about like they're raving about this movie, and he's like, "There was one time 
maybe they were even talking to Lance Hendrickson because he's in this. And I know he was on the podcast because he was in their movie, The Slam and Salmon. But uh, I think he's maybe telling it to him about how he was supposed to go out and meet these people. But then Powder was on TV and like <laughs> he just instead of going when he was supposed to, he's like, I got to watch this. Like he's, he was just so into it. And he's talking about bawling at this one point. It's so emotional. And I don't remember what the point was, but I didn't think this movie was that good. Like it, it was watchable. seeing <laughs> trailers for this or something. I don't yeah, know it, why I know about this. It kind of has like a TV movie vibe. I don't know if it is a TV movie. Um, but like it's got a bunch of people in it. Like Powder is played by Sean Patrick Flannery, who's in a bunch of stuff like um, Boondock Saints. Mary Steenburgen, Virgin, uh, Lance Henriksen. This I had no idea until he showed up playing the science teacher Jeff Goldblum, and this is '95, so it was like this is amazing. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum as like the supportive science teacher and like uh he's definitely the highlight and he's not even being that Jeff Goldblum me and he's just like he seems like a really nice guy. Um <laughs> but yeah, Powder is this like albino kid and he's um his grandparents die and he's found in the basement of this house and he's taken to this boys school or whatever and he's bullied and it's okay. He's got powers. He's got like electric powers or something. Uh, he's magnetic. Is he an or... X-Man? He pretty much is. Yeah. Um, a lot of people on Letterboxd are giving it some pretty bad reviews. And I'm like, I don't know. This is fine. And then I read someone saying like something about the director. And then I'm like, oh, man, I shouldn't have been looking at these before I finished it. But... Uh, in the interest of keeping it family friendly, <laughs> this director, Victor Salva, was convicted of all sorts of uh, terrible things and even served time. And he made this movie after he got out. Uh, and yeah, it made it did shine a bit of a different light on the movie. I try and separate the people and the art, but. Yeah, certain stuff, it kind of left a bad taste in my mouth after reading some of that. So I was a little affected. I might have given it a, a three and a half, but I ended up giving it a final three. But well, harsh. Enjoying you're, you, it. you are a hard man to please. That I, I'm, is, uh, you're coming yeah. down hard, taking half star away from this criminal. Yeah, for this uh, child abuser. Uh, uh yeah, and that's putting it lightly. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, those, those two. Um, and then two others on DVD. So that one's on Disney+. Plus. So there's two streaming ones. And then two I got uh, on DVD recently. The Craft, which is about a b bunch of witches. Yep. I'd never seen it before. I was like, I'll check this out actually kind of enjoyed it it's like a it's 96 90s teen movie but with witches uh the first like two-thirds of it are really good the final act is very like 
oh, now we have to have action with witch magic, and it's kind of not great, but uh, still pretty good. Uh, all good performances by the four women. Um, I'm sure people know of that, but I had never seen it, so thought that was pretty good. And then another one I hadn't ever seen, uh, but grabbed the DVD, Little Shop of Horrors, okay. from 1986, uh, starring Rick Moranis, directed by Frank Oz. Um, Howard Ashman? Yeah, music by uh, Ashman and Menken. Yeah. Uh, from, I guess they did the, the original play, I think it was. Right. Or I think there was maybe an old movie and then, the, I, I don't know the, the genesis of it, but uh, I know they had their hands in it before this movie. And I know there's a black and white movie. So I don't know if that one was a musical or what, but a um, bunch of other people in this. Um, Steve Martin, John Candy, Jim Belushi, Bill oh, Murray, just SNL small class. roles. Yeah. Uh, and Christopher Guest, I think he has the best scene in the whole movie. Uh, I don't know if you know much about it. Uh, no, not much. Basically, Rick Moranis works at this flower shop. They're going to go out of business. And then he finds this uh, plant that's new and different. And it's basically a car carnivorous plant, uh, kind of like a Venus flytrap, but bigger. But the uh, puppetry for it is awesome, like really good. I was almost questioning how it could be that good, like really articulated and huge. Like it grows and grows and when it's big, it's still moving fast. And I'm like, is this like done slower and they sped it up or are they actually puppeteering it this well? Like it's really impressive. Um, but the scene where they're gonna close and then he's like, oh, let me put this plant in the front window. Maybe we'll get some people coming in just to take a look at it. And then they do it, and it's like immediately someone walks in, and it's Christopher Guest, and he's super young. But, like, I forget what it is he even says, but he's just doing, like, a character of, like, wow, I saw that plant in the window. Excuse me. I couldn't help noticing that strange and interesting plant. What is it? It's an orchard. <laughs> I've never seen anything like it before. No one has. Where did you get it? Well, well, that's an unusual story and a fascinating plant. Oh, while I'm here, I might as well take $50 worth of roses. $50? <laughs> Can you bring a hundred? A hundred? Uh, no. Well, then I'll just have to take twice as many, won't I? Like, just kind of very 50s, like, yeah. cheesy TV vibe. And it, I was like, I was R-O-F-L rolling on the floor laughing and uh <laughs> <laughs> the rest of it's okay like if considering it's alan menken howard ashman i didn't think the music was great or at least the songs weren't gonna get stuck in my head or anything i think the opening is probably the best when it's just singing like it's shop, it's shop. 
awesome. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I can't remember a whole lot else of the music. And I don't think it was bad, but just not memorable to me seeing it for the first time. So also a three and a half. It's like, it's good. It's not a new favorite for me or anything. So, okay. uh, but I'm glad I watched it. It was better than like other things that I've watched where it's like, oh, I'll finally get to watch this and kind of get getting let down. It's a little bit of a letdown, but not, not as much as like the producers or other stuff like that that I've watched. Alrighty. Uh, I watched From, from Russia, Russia with love. Uh, this is James Wan 2. Yeah. It's f- funny. Not funny. It's interesting. Like, they were just pumping them out back then. Like, yeah. Dr. No came out, and then there's, like, one every year, and then they skip a year, and then another one. Like, the first four came out in five years. Uh, so, that. But... From Russia with Love is genuinely awesome. Like, I think, I guess this is what made James Bond successful. Like, it's the same. If you have a very good sequel, then, like, yeah, it has staying power. And then they did Goldfinger. So it's like, uh, Doctor Knows Whatever. I think it's pretty good. But From Russia with Love and Goldfinger are quite fun. Uh, but what's his name? Uh, I should know this off the top of my head. Who plays, uh, Robert Shaw, Quint. Oh, okay. So he's the, uh, yeah, he's the main, uh, I know I've seen that one, but, like, all those old ones, I don't remember anything about them. Yeah. He he plays the main uh, henchman, but, like, he's in very much more than just that. Uh, And, like, he's awesome. He is awesome. So, that alone. uh, And it's interesting because it's uh, from Russia with Love is 1963. And Jaws... This is 1975. So, yeah, it's only 10 years later. But, like, he plays this giant, like, killing machine type kind of guy. And it's, like, a completely opposite of uh, Quint. And, uh, but there's a great fight in it. It's pretty slow, uh, the first little bit. But, like, it is... Not like a, uh, what do you call it? A slow burn, but they do back end the movie with like action after action. Like there's a train fight, then there's like a helicopter scene, and then there's like a boat chase. So it's all this stuff really at the end. But it's, I liked it quite a bit. It's uh, fun. The boat chase is good. Everything. Uh, Definitely a different era. They love playing the James Bond theme over nothing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just him. I think I mentioned this before, but it's just like him 
opening mail or like going (laughs) doing his laundry practically and it's just like uh do 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 it's like okay but uh later on they start using it for actual action scenes and it's interesting also just like how everyone is dubbed like so many people are it's not either it's their voice over again or just someone else completely because they have lots of Europeans and stuff. So yeah, like the main, uh, the main woman, I don't think it's her voice, Hmm. but they did that a lot. But yeah, I like it. It's, uh, I, I don't know. I'm, I really enjoy the James Bond world, and they're not even, like, I don't think they're that amazing, but I just enjoy it. Uh, this one's good. I gave it a four and a half. I could see myself maybe more realistically giving it a four, but for what it is, and considering when it was made, I think it's really good. Yeah, I'm just looking at all of them, and they're all on Crave. If anyone I can't has Crave. think of. Uh, there's some, or I'm like, I don't know if I have seen that one, because uh, I know it was like on TBS or something, and it was while we were on vacation because we wouldn't have had it at home. But it was like, <laughs> it seems stupid that like. You're on vacation you're watching Bond movies. But, like, I don't... That's all I can recall is, like, seeing a bunch of them because we had TBS and we didn't normally. It was, like, the Bondathon. So, I don't know. Yeah. I'm just looking at all of them and it's, like... There's some that I'm sure I've seen. Like, I had, I've seen Moonraker, but then a bunch of them before, it's, like, I don't know if that I did see The Man with the Golden Gun. Uh... And other things. It's like Moonraker stands out because it's got jaws and like lasers and space and stuff. But yeah. <laughs> the other ones, it's like I don't recall what happens in any of these. That's funny. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. There's, and the plots are all like not meaningless, but like, yeah, it's pretty hard to know what the actual, uh, uh, plot is a lot of the time it's funny yeah like i i know i saw thunderball because it's got the jetpack and then you only live twice it's like i must have seen that one too but uh i don't know i'll wait for you to tell me about it (laughs) yeah they all have their thing they definitely all have each one of them has something thunderball's pretty slow like i feel like it's like look at we have underwater cameras this is amazing so anything underwater is awesome but yeah uh yeah whatever highly recommend russia with love one day we'll get to them we'll get to them all (laughs) so where are you watching them i have them all so if i want to watch them on with commentary i'll watch them but then uh sometimes i'll just have them on uh but they're all on crave right now i thought i think they're all coming to amazon yeah are on amazon i haven't checked 
but I yeah, think I haven't looked. that was maybe like in November, so two days from now or something. Yeah, something like that. So I, I, don't, I have so many things <laughs> to watch. It's like I don't need more, but it's nice to know they're there if I wanted to. Yeah. It's a. Um, I like the history of it. Like there's, so, yeah. It's just there's that. It's like the same. It's essentially the same movie over and over again in a way and it's just like we got 60 years of this and just like the progress of it but then also the behind the scenes stuff like just like sean connery left they got someone else then he came back and then he also made a fake james bond with another company or whatever like never say never is a james bond movie because there was all these rights issues and all this stuff Mm -hmm. So, like, is uh, yeah, it's great stuff. All the background, uh, politics of it. Um, okay. Let me figure out what I want to throw at you. Um, okay, I'll give you two, uh, two streaming new watches and two rewatches on DVD. Um, this I just watched the other day, uh, on Disney plus from 2021. It's last year, uh, called antlers. Um, give me a synopsis on this one. A young teacher discovers that her troubled student's father and younger brother harbor a deadly supernatural secret. Taking the boy into her care, the teacher must fight for their survival against horrors beyond imagination. Oh, okay. That's very vague, but uh, yeah, you see... I think I listened to a review on this. Yeah, I think Film Junk did talk about it. Um, Great. But I don't, I feel like it was more recently than 2021. So I don't know if that date is correct or what. Um, let's see, actually, when did Frank watch it? <laughs> uh, yeah, January. Okay. So beginning of the year. Um, he gave it light, light, lightest of three and a half. And that's what I gave it a three and a half. It's pretty enjoyable. Uh, it is kind of a monster movie. Um, I think I had already heard what it was really about. Cause that synopsis is fairly vague. Uh, there's a mythological creature called the Wendigo. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's what it is, but, uh, how it comes about into being is, is part of that stuff with the father and son. And yeah, just this troubled little boy, uh, and Carrie Russell's the teacher and loved Carrie Russell. So that was a big draw for me to watch this too. And it looked pretty good, uh, atmosphere and everything. And, uh, for, yeah, a monster movie, it's, uh, pretty good. It's not fully what you expect in some good ways, some maybe not good ways if you're expecting certain things. Um, 
uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's not like amazing, uh, but definitely watchable. Jesse Plemons is also in it, who I'm starting to kind of come around on as being pretty good actor. Um, Graham Greene again. He was just in uh, Green Mile. Um, he's the local <laughs> Aboriginal who <laughs> gives them the tale of the Wendigo. Uh, and I don't know if there's really anyone else. Oh, I, one other guy, and I don't even know his name. Um, what's his name? Uh, he's in, um, he's, a, he's one of the main guys in Empire Records. Uh, Rory Cochran. And I think of him as um, Lucas from Empire Records, but I guess he's mostly known for Dazed and Confused, which I've seen once and hadn't really put together that that's who that was. But uh, anyways, he shows up and it's like, oh, haven't seen him in a long time. He looks old, but okay. He's not, uh, it's not like, whoa, you look terrible. It's like, oh, he's grown up <laughs> kind of old. Uh, yeah, not much to say about that, but it's, it's no aliens, uh, but it's following kind of that sort of thing with, the the heroine, uh, protecting a child against the big monster. So it's got a bit of that feel to it. Um, so yeah, three and a half, uh, also gave three and a half to a rewatch of 28 days later. Uh, which I hadn't seen in a long time and had picked it up recently. Pretty much how I remembered. Uh, I didn't realize it was directed by Danny Boyle. Really? Um, and I think it must be like one of his earliest. Um, I guess not, actually. I think I actually knew that now that you mention it. Yeah, I guess he did a bunch of stuff before, like Train Spotting and The Beach, I knew of. Um, but the reason I say that is it looks like crap. Like, I don't know if it's supposed to be or if it's because I watched it on DVD. No, or... it does look like crap. Like, like I think it's how it's filmed. Uh, yeah, like it looks like video it's... video or whatever. It yeah, is. it's made for TV or something, which it wasn't. Like, it just... I... I could have given it more had it looked a little crisper. And it's like for 2002. But that's on purpose, like that. obviously. I don't know, though. Like, I if it know. was, I think <laughs> it's like a bad move. Like, I think. They don't have. I don't think there's a reason that they couldn't make it look better. Just, I don't know. It's probably cheaper to do it this way. I think it, it hurts the movie rather than like add to the feel of it. Like, you can. You can do other things to make things look cool. Like the 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 way that it looks in terms of like framing and all that, it's like just the grain of it like is so annoying. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. Um, it's really you, cool you, though. You don't want them to retain the grain. Not saying. on this, no. Like, I mean, there are some things with the natural grain and whatever the natural, if it is natural on this, it's garbage. Like... It could have been a four-star. Again, had to bring down the hammer on it. Danny Boyle, you made a mistake filming it this way. Um, 
could have been way better. Uh, like him walking around London and it being empty is mostly just impressive that it's like they were able to shut down certain areas to film this and have no one walking around and have it look the way it is. Uh, it's kind of like the walking dead. Uh, like that, that was the big thing. Like it starts the same way, like someone waking up in a hospital and not knowing what's going on and everything being empty. But I guess this did it first, at least in movie format. I don't know if the comic walking dead was before this or not but uh yeah i mean story-wise i was wondering is there something about this that i'm not remembering that makes it amazing and it was pretty much exactly how, how i remembered although there are certain people that i didn't realize were in it like the the main girl is played by naomi harris speaking of james bond uh the new money penny as well as uh being the girl from uh, <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean, D.V. Joins. Uh, and then also, I knew Brendan Gleeson was in it. He was like one of the things I did remember. And Killian Murphy, obviously. Uh, but then also, Christopher Eccleston is a guy that I don't know him from much, but I. I recognize him and saw him in this. And it's like, oh, didn't realize he was in this. I've never seen the whole thing. I've seen the first half and then. It's, well, yeah, it's pretty good. Reason. Like, I think the first half is the better part of it. And then the second half isn't as bad as I thought it was the first time around. But uh, it kind of turns into a bit of a different movie almost. Uh, like the first is your kind of standard zombie survival thing and then the second half they're in this like military base and uh yeah it's just this weird like cat and mouse thing with the guys there and it turns into a whole other horror thing but still the zombies but they're also um not your traditional zombies so i think this is one of those first movies where it's like fast zombies and they're uh infected and not like r the living dead kind of thing um it's like people i don't know i don't know if the dead do rise or if it's only like if you get bitten or get blood in on you then you're infected and then that's it so it's one of those where it's different rules but i feel like there's more of those kinds of things now um yeah, that was one. Of, that was probably the first movie I watched this month. Actually, that was the first of October. Wanted to see what that was about, if it was as I remembered, and it pretty much is. I think I, it might have been. It might have gone up a little bit from first time, but also this time I'm noticing how crappy it looks. So, <laughs> one step forward, one step back. Um. How many more do you have? Because I can dump a couple other at the same time. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, but not, yeah, they're not long, but I can talk okay. about six. I'll, okay, I'll do two more and hand it back to you because um, not much to say about this one. Uh, we watched the Rocky Horror Picture Show which I had only seen once before Brenda mentioned watching it. So I was like, yeah, I, I 
I'd want to watch that again. I think I like it more now because I know what it is. Um, the first time around, I was like, what the heck is going on? I still don't know what's going on a lot of the time, but I enjoyed it. Just the uh, just the ride and the songs in it are awesome. And the performances are all really good. Um, but yeah, I can barely tell you what it's actually about. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Tim Curry's awesome. Um, and the music is awesome. So I gave that one a four star uh, just for being an overall enjoyable experience. And... Uh, yeah. I remember doing the time war, drinking those moments when the blackness would hit me and the void would be calling. Let's do the time war again. Let's do the time war again. It's just a jump to the left. I know the time uh, warp. Yeah, I mean that's all I know. That's the main thing, but the other ones are all now that I've heard them a couple times it's like, oh yeah, they're they're pretty good. The one weird part though is um well not that there's only one weird part, but one weird thing about the songs is there's a scene where Meatloaf shows up as a character and then just like immediately gets killed like he he's singing a song and I don't know, it just feels really weirdly like thrown in for some reason. Like it's still <laughs> on a rewatch. It's like, what the heck just happened? <laughs> like uh, They didn't want to edit that scene out. Yeah, I mean, it, it plays into some things later. So I don't know. But it is one of those like cult movies where people go to their midnight screenings and sing along and all this stuff. Uh, there's some DVD bonus stuff where you can turn on certain viewing experiences. So maybe one time I'll do that and see like, cause I think there's like a live recording at one of those shows. I don't know if I'd probably turn it off after a while cause it probably would get annoying, but, um, yeah, that's the Rocky Horror Picture Show 1975. And then finally, uh, this is one. Again, not really sure how it came on the radar, but it's another that I watched on Tubi. Tubi is just full of these little gems. This one looks old, but it's actually from 2016, and it's called The Love Witch. And I saw the trailer for it, and I was intrigued because of just the look of it and having watched some of these other older movies. It was going for that style, but being a new movie, I think they nailed it. It's directed by Anna Biller. Uh, so I could definitely tell being directed by a woman. Like there's certain things. I mean, even just the message of the movie. Because uh, it's like, I feel like if it was written or directed by a man, it would be completely different. Uh, where it seems like it could get really like not exploitative but just like sleazy <laughs> in certain ways like she not that she's seducing men but she's 
she's a witch and she's making potions to make someone fall in love with her. So like all these guys, they keep like ending up dead. Uh, I feel like I just described this movie with another one, but, (laughs) (laughs) uh, but it's, it's actually done like really well and like tastefully and it's not like, uh, gross in like this over sexualized way, even though it is kind of at the same time, but like, um, yeah, I don't know how to describe it, but like it's from the woman's point of view and you can really tell, um, and it's not just like trying to get these cheap thrills kind of thing. And it's been a while since I've watched it, but I remember coming out of it thinking like, oh, that was actually pretty smart. And um, the message of it being like kind of this, like a reasonable feminist message and not in the like men are garbage and blah, blah. It's like, no, like in a way where it's like women want love uh, I don't know I, 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 I'm not <laughs> even going to try it's like I just thought it was really good and I, I probably would rewatch it like I I thought it was just well done and uh, the performances are like nailing that style of like 70s acting and like being on the verge of bad acting but at the same time it's like it's in 2016, so it's not someone who's bad at acting. They're actually acting like someone who acts like that. So it's like this whole thing where, yeah, I thought it was really impressive. Um, and, yeah, the film look of it, like just the lighting and the set designs and everything is all very, very well done. So I would recommend The Love Witch. I still only gave it a three and a half because it was like I felt like they could have done more, but... I don't know. Maybe on a rewatch, I would uh, bump it up. But uh, yeah, uh, check it out on Tubi, <laughs> where all the horror lives. So I watched. Uh, I talked about this sometime on the show. Uh, no escape. Yeah, you mentioned uh, wanting to see it. I think. Yeah, and it came out on Blu-ray. I did not buy it on Blu-ray. I bought it digitally just because it's a third of the price. Uh, And so this has... I remember seeing it years ago on some YouTube channel saying it as like an underrated movie. And a lot of the other ones that he was listing, uh, I kind of agreed with. So I'm like, oh. Sure enough, I'll check this out. But it's uh, Martin Campbell, one of my favorites. Uh, 1994, great year. Uh, Has Ray Liotta, Lance Hendrickson. I meant to do this after you mentioned him and then I forgot. Uh, A bunch of other people. who else in here? Uh, Ernie Hudson. Uh, the guy from... Uh, I'm trying to figure out who he is. Uh, Stuart Wilson, who's the bad guy in The Mask of Zorro. Yeah. And he's in a bunch of other stuff as well. 
but yeah, it was it's uh Ray Liotta is a prisoner in this future world, all this stuff. And it, it's really odd in that like it starts off and it's like these prison towers and all this stuff, helicopters, all this stuff. And he's just so bad that they're going to send him to this prison colony that's on an island. So then it's just like weird that there's this other storyline of like guys watching him and like tracking him and all this stuff. So uh, I think it's the guy, the mayor in Godzilla, Roland Emmerich. <laughs> yeah. The, so I think that, so it's just this weird thing. And the movie starts the credits roll. Like the credits made me think this is going to be amazing. And I'm going to love this movie because it's just uh, like, you should just look up the credits, but it's just like prisoners walking by or not even prisoners, sorry, soldiers walking by uh, this like captain or general or something. And then one of the, guys marching by just gets out of line and goes up and shoots the general in the head so i guess you kind of assume that might have been ray Liotta. like they never address it again it's such a weird thing but just how it starts it's like oh this is powerful and something but whatever so they're on this island and then there's the bad guys and then there's the good guys and like good quotes prisoners and it's so comical and that like it feels like a little bit uh like hook where like the like costuming and like making stuff like the lost boys like their armor and stuff like yeah. some of the armor seems like it's <laughs> straight from hook so it's like there's the bad guys the wild savages like mad max type guys and then there's uh uh the the lance hendrickson guys that are like trying to live in peace and all this other stuff it's uh it's not terrible but it's not good by any stretch uh it it has potential but like it just isn't nailing a lot of it the, the violence is interesting some of the stuff going on is interesting like there's some interesting ideas but like it's not nailing it but like the acting's fun Ray Liotta's fun Lance Hendrickson's fun uh that voice I'm like why do I know this voice like I know he's an alien uh stuff and then I'm like Oh, that's the gorilla from Tarzan. <laughs> Kirkjack. <laughs> yeah. He does have mm -hmm. a great voice. Uh, yeah. But I'd recommend you watch it. Like, I think you would enjoy it just for, like, it, not, it's a, not a hidden gem. It's a hidden rock. It's hit, it's, <laughs> but, like, it's something to, like, remember or not remember like it's just like it's like lost 90s thing kind of is yeah. what it is 
So, uh, yeah, I would easily rewatch it with a group. But, yeah. David Wenham. Who's uh, he? Faramir. Okay. Isn't it? Yeah. He, he plays hotel guard. <laughs> yeah. I would be surprised if he had a line, but um, I feel like is there something else I watched with Lance Hendrickson? Maybe not. I thought that yeah, same thing with the voice. Maybe it was just the one that I did watch, but uh, or maybe something else I was going to watch and didn't. I don't know. Um. He's in a Hellraiser movie, but not the one I watched. Yeah, he's a cool guy. <laughs> um, I will check out No Escape, I'm sure, at some point. I'm sure I'd love it. <laughs> um, I forgot to mention something, actually. Uh, everything's ruined now. So I set up the whole thing with uh, Mel Gibson, his cameo at the end of Fairy Tale. But the very next day we watched Casper. And there's a ton of cameos in Casper, including one Mr. Mel Gibson, where I think it's like Bill Pullman. They're like messing, the ghosts are messing with his face. And at one point he turns into Clint Eastwood. And then turns into Mel Gibson. He's like looking at himself in the mirror. And he's like, oh, yeah, this is all right. <laughs> and I was like, this is the second Mel Gibson cameo two days in a row. <laughs> and uh, I just needed to, to mention that. <laughs> um, okay. Now we're getting into the good, good stuff for me. This is what people uh, came for. This is the cream of the crop. Uh, I've dropped a couple fours down there, but some of them, or is it only one? I only give uh, Rocky Horror a four, and that's more of a quality versus enjoyment. Uh, this is more of a quality. I'll give you a four. These ones are more of the enjoyment uh, ratings. I watched uh, just last night, actually, on Amazon Prime, uh, From Dusk Till Dawn. Okay. 1996, directed by Robert Rodriguez. I feel like I had seen part of this before, but I don't, having watched it, it's like, I don't think I did, but I knew of it, like all, basically everything that happens. Um, it is a very interesting movie um written by quentin tarantino um and really feels like it uh, the first half for sure uh kind of like a reservoir dogs slash pulp fiction uh so george clooney uh and quentin tarantino are these bank robbers they're on the run they've already committed these crimes and you're kind of catching up uh while they're on the run and they're supposed to meet someone in this bar in mexico so they got to make it to the border and they get across in the rv of 
uh harvey keitel showing up again also in fairy tale um <laughs> uh him and his daughter juliet lewis and a uh, random chinese kid uh <laughs> which i thought it was very weird like they make a joke of it but like there's even a thing of like and introducing so and so at the beginning and it's like this kid isn't that good like if it was someone like short round who's like an entertaining uh racial stereotype but this is like a teenager and yeah george Clooney makes a comment he that calls him a jap at one point and then it's like he doesn't look like a jap he looks chinese and it's like because he is chinese i don't know it's just this whole weird thing and it's like quentin tarantino's like thinly veiled racism coming through <laughs> like he always has these slurs and everything thrown around uh yeah so they make it to this bar and i mean i'm sure most people know about this movie but the bar ends up being this like vampire hideout where like everyone that works there is a vampire and then that's like the third act is them fighting vampires and uh yeah, the first half is all really good, like Quentin Tarantino writing and like really intense and being in these like uh, dialogue filled scenes and tense getting across the border and all this. And then the second half is all this like insane, goofy action. And they don't really feel like they go together, but overall, if you're into both those things, it's a good experience. Um, a lot of over the top stuff. Um, I, I didn't really like the, the design of the vampires. Like I didn't really ever watch Buffy, but you know, Buffy, the vampire slayer, how like vampires, they've got like that face makeup where they're all yeah, bumpy they're, and stuff. They're like almost like aliens. Yeah. So that's that, that's the kind of vampires that these are. Um, and then after they kill pretty much everyone in the bar, there's like all these bats outside and then they eventually get in and then there's like a whole new swarm of these vampires and they're all like go from bats to being these vampires. And it also kind of, I haven't seen it, but um, there's a movie called The Witches um, based on a book by Roald Dahl. And I know Angelica Houston plays this one witch and she looks all gross when she shows her true form. And some of them kind of made me think of that too. So I feel like if it wasn't like that and it was like just people with pointy teeth and like colored contacts, I would have been more into it. But like Selma Hayek's in it and she's one of the first people that uh, turns into this vampire form. But like looks like a lizard or like a snake or something when like her head it's just like a like a star trek alien or something so it's like i don't really like that but i have to just roll with it i guess (laughs) it is what it is that's how they went with it but it was fun i enjoyed it uh both halves um i think i like the first part more and it's like if that was just all that it was and it didn't turn into this vampire thing, it could have been a really good movie. I don't mind that it turned into this because I knew that's where it was going, but I feel like when it came out, if people didn't know and it was like, what is going on? And it just starts going crazy. I could see people not liking it much, but 
I think it's pretty well liked these days. Um, yeah, I think it's has. I haven't seen it, but I plan on watching it one day. Yeah, like it's the end is over the top, but if you're on board with it, it's it's fun. I think they do enough with it where it's not just like stupid. It's like good fun action and really good practical effects and one of the guys uh like human guys uh that's ends up fighting with um is the actor's name is tom savini and yeah. i'm like this guy looks familiar and he's like this makeup effects or practical effects guy and i mean he's in other things too but i was like okay that's why i know the name i recognize that there's a whole documentary on this guy that i'm like i kind of want to check that out now so i know really who he is because other than hearing the name probably on like uh with Gorley and rust like they've talked about him i'm sure because he did like friday the 13th and dawn of the dead and stuff like that so uh, he's one of the guys in the bar and then what's the other guy's name um, big black guy who ends up he's like a, um, Fred Williamson he's like a black black exploitation actor like one of the first big like black action actors um, he is pretty cool um, and Danny Trejo, who I'm not surprised in it, it's Robert Rodriguez. I'm sure they've worked many, many times, but he looks like I've never once thought this was a handsome man, <laughs> <laughs> but in this, like, I don't know what it is. If it's just, he was still young or if it's something with his hair, I, but at first I'm like, is that Danny Trejo? Because he, yeah, I was like, this guy, he's actually kind of good looking. And uh, yeah, it was him and he delivered. Interesting. <laughs> so yeah, I recommend From Dust Till Dawn. I gave it a solid four. Uh, and available on Amazon Prime. Nice. Uh, my turn? or Yeah, unless... Um, I mean, I do have a bunch more. I feel like I want to get into some of them. One of them is the Green Mile, so we don't have to do that. But uh, um, yeah, if you well, this one I don't have as much to say. Okay, uh, go for it. Uh, on Tubi from 2015, The Witch, not The Love Witch, not The Craft, but The Witch. I had a big string of witch movies. Um, this one, everyone raves about. Uh, I know Jay from uh, Red Letter Media really liked this. I had tried watching it once before and fell asleep and then woke up at the end and was like, what happened? <laughs> uh, it's directed by Robert Eggers, who's... Uh, this was his first big thing, and then he did The Lighthouse, and then he did The Northman. So he's kind of on the rise as this next big thing, doing A24 films and stuff. Uh, so The Witch, uh, the subtitle is like A New England Folktale. And then at the very end, it comes up saying like that 
there were a lot of stories like this in folklore and uh, some of a lot of the dialogue is taken right from those things. So that's kind of interesting uh, reading that at the end. Yeah, but, I've heard people talk about the the dialogue in this movie's like interesting because it's accurate to the time. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to understand not just what they're saying, but like uh, I just felt the audio was, I don't know, I couldn't fully make it out. But then uh, Jay Cheel from Film Junk also made a comment about it like when he rewatched it with like subtitles, he said, because it was a better experience than in the theater because he could actually tell what was being said um so it's like yeah maybe if i watch it again i might do that too because i like the way they speak and there's a lot of like thy and thou's and stuff like that when they're speaking to people and um it's yeah the basic premise is like this family they leave um the village or whatever they're a part of and go kind of live on the land by themselves because um, the, the father has a falling out with the church. He says they're not basically living right and disagrees with stuff. So he's like a very devout Christian. Um, so there's a lot of like religion stuff in this and uh, made it very interesting. But like that actor, um, is it this guy, Ralph Innocen? His voice is awesome. Um, I wish I could understand him more <laughs> in this movie. Is it, uh, is it scary? No. It no well, uh, yeah, it's mostly a- atmospheric. There's a lot of like... Um, like is there jump of, scares or is, there, or is it just mood? And, it's like, Yeah, mostly mood. I'm trying to think if there is really ever a jump scare. There might be one scene where like... Um, they're like locked in, uh, not a barn, but like where the animals are, like, uh, basically the dad's like, he's not sure who the witch is. They're like, there's a lot of finger pointing going on. So it's like the daughter and the, her brother and sister, they all get locked up in this, uh, animal pen for the night or something. And then the actual witch, which is like an old lady, kind of appears in there or something. And I forget if she's like actually eating one of the animals or something. But it's like it's not like a jump scare. It's just like the camera pans over and she's just there. And it's like really creepy and scary looking. So it's I don't, yeah, I don't know that there ever is like a, a jump scare. Um, but yeah, it's a slow burn. Um not sure I fully got the whole thing even with staying awake, but it's just like really great atmosphere. And uh, Anya Taylor-Joy is the the main girl. And I like her um, anytime I see her and stuff. So yeah, it was, uh, it was also a solid four. I don't think it's like as amazing as some people make it out to be, but um yeah, it's uh, it's an elevated horror where it's not all jump scares and just trying to be gross for being gross and stuff like that. 
Uh, uh, yeah, I don't have to get into all the James Bond stuff, but I watched uh, Swiss Family Robinson. This movie, it partially just talking to my brother about it, partially because I'm doing the top 100 and it's on yeah. there looking for clips and stuff. But this would move up <laughs> if I redid my top 100. It's amazing. It's like what when we're talking about uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, this mm. Not just pirate stuff. I guess that helps that it's in there as well. But, like, this is such adventure movie. Like, shipwreck. Go on shore. All these animals try to go around the island. Pirates chasing you. And, like, all this crazy stuff is happening. It is such a perfect adventure movie. Like, I put it on for the kids. And, like, they are glued to it. And, like, for... (laughs) being a movie from the 1960s right like it's just fantastic and talk about not no tears but like i could get emotional like the end like you get really worked up whereas like them uh it's all fun and adventurous but like them defending themselves and like having that all prepared is like awesome (laughs) just the idea of like we're not going to surrender or anything like that. Like, and being older now, like there's comments in there where it's like, uh, is Fritz the oldest one? Uh, and he says, says like, what, what would they do to you if now that they found out that you weren't a boy to, uh, what's her name? Not Rosita. What is it? Roberta but yeah and it's just like stuff like that as a kid you weren't even registering what they're saying and all this stuff and it's just like little things and like I love that the captain pirate captain uh oh what's his name too uh it like has the admiral's jacket and stuff like I didn't even register that as a kid that he's like he has the blue like naval jacket later on in the movie and all this stuff but it is it is so good the music everything just shooting pirates all the like fun ewok type traps and whatnot i think you could make a really good remake of this if you stuck really to it yeah i think wasn't there one well i'm sure there are and there were tv shows i saw just looking it up for clips there was like uh what's the kung fu guy david carradine carradine yeah uh him and jane seymour were in some like tv show swiss family robinson but yeah love it easy five out of five it would go up Yeah, I've only seen it once, but I liked it. We should redo it once. We should do it a one-off on these. Yeah. Um, 
So this is another one I bought recently uh, on DVD. <laughs> A lot of DVD watching. Uh, it's the Serpent and the Rainbow, which I had never heard of until it came up as being one of the episodes for Cursed Films Season 2. Mm-hmm. And they talked about it on Film Junk. And I was like, yeah, I'll watch it and then watch that episode because I don't know anything about this. And I'm, I know I watched the first season of Cursed Films and some of the ones there I had never seen. But I thought, like, oh, well, I came, I don't even know where I came across it. Another cheap buy. It's like, I'll just throw this on. Bill Pullman again. Uh, and his glorious, glorious 1988 hair. It's beautiful. Um, directed by Wes Craven. And it's funny. Uh, I'm doing these in my ranking. And I just had from Dust Till Dawn and The Witch as fours. I only gave this a three and a half. But I liked it more than those. Uh, it was... I'm sure it's not like it exactly, but it kind of made me think of um, when you've talked about uh, the year of living dangerously, just like someone being in a foreign country and all this crazy stuff going on around Um, the synopsis of it, or at least my paraphrasing is uh, Bill Pullman is like, an anthropologist or something he studies like tribes or something like that. I don't know what his job even is, but he gets called in for this pharmaceutical company that says, Oh, there's this place in Haiti and they, uh, have something that's bringing people back from the dead. So it's like, he goes to research this powder that, um, is supposed to have bring people back from the dead and apparently this is based on a true story too. I don't know how true a lot of it is, but I'm sure that the idea of it is uh, something that could have happened. But basically this powder, they co- keep talking about zombies, but really what it is is like it simulates death and then people are being buried that are still okay. alive, but they're really, uh, they they think they're dead, but they're they're really alive. And then they end up like, coming out of the grave or whatever so it's not like your traditional zombie thing but uh a lot of voodoo stuff in it uh so the first like two acts is uh bill pullman doing his research and trying to find where this thing is coming from and how they make it and all this stuff and uh keeps getting harassed by like the local police guy uh but that's like a corrupt government there's like this revolution on the verge all this stuff but he gets like tortured at this one point and and then because he doesn't leave they forcibly like put him on a plane to leave haiti um but then he ends up coming back uh and then the third act is when he gets the powder he gets buried alive and then <laughs> comes out 
and it's it's really good like i i was liking it but then once that happens i'm like this is awesome and it gets into some really crazy stuff and i was just totally on board but i guess the three and a half is more just for the the slow burn beginning i wasn't fully into and it was one that i i watched in a couple sittings because the first time i fell asleep um but i really liked it uh all in all i once i got to that is it crazy violent or not kind of um i'm trying to think just the there's like weird voodoo stuff and i guess it could it's not as bad as it could be that's for sure um because there's i'm sure there's like yeah there's a beheading that you don't really see it's just kind of implied so it's not that not as bad as uh other things that we watch (laughs) uh but yeah there's some gross stuff with dead bodies i guess like mummified or not mummified but just old dead bodies and crushing them up to make this powder and stuff uh yeah it's not uh it's not jumps or maybe there are jump scares i don't know there's a lot of like him dreaming and this other this police guy he's all into voodoo so his whole thing is like he's entering his dreams and he keeps seeing him and uh so there's some like weird uh dream stuff with him and uh yeah i liked it I liked the serpent and the rainbow. Cool. Um, you got more? How many yes. more do you need? How many more do you have? Seven. <laughs> but some are uh, some. I can be quick, actually. Uh, this next one, very briefly, because uh, it's only a fifty-minute thing, so. Barely counts as a movie, but uh, Werewolf by Night. I meant to watch that. Uh, People are saying you'd, it's good. You'd, you'd probably like it. Um, it's a Marvel thing. It's very loosely Marvel, uh, or at least connected to the MCU. They, there's a little voiceover at the beginning that says something about like the Avengers, and then saying like, "But then there's this, there's another world or whatever," and it goes into like this stuff with like. Uh, monster hunters and uh, basically it's like this guy dies and it's like a competition to get his uh, bloodstone that gives him powers and there's two characters in it that I know I have heard of before so it's like they're they're pretty obscure like I think one of them I just knew the name and the, the look of them and then the other is the daughter of this guy that dies. Her name's Elsa Bloodstone, and she was in a game I played. So, uh, but it's it's a short little fun thing, and um, yeah, it's it's on Disney Plus, so anyone can check it out. It's it's labeled as like a special or something or special presentation, but yeah, it's. It's not, it's like a long show, basically. But it's Uh, its own thing. I watched uh, You Only Live Twice on uh, uh, other Sean Connery's. uh, And it's, uh, it's when he's in Japan. It's quite a bit of fun, actually. There's some good characters. I like it 
quite a bit. It is funny, like, listening to James Bonding and stuff and, like, the perspective of it, of, like, that he goes to a sumo wrestling match and all this stuff where it's, like, I guess back in the 60s, right? Like, James Bond was a bit more of a travel log where it's, like, going to things and yeah. showing you things that you've never seen before and that's part of the appeal yeah. of it so all that kind of stuff was fun uh the uh him disguising himself as japanese <laughs> is the most insane thing and i could care less about the racial stuff that's one thing people will always comment on this one as being like particularly racist but it's just like i don't get that in that it's not like that it's making japanese people out to be negative like there's yeah. good guys and bad guys so it's like i don't get that like well there's james bond's a good guy and then there's bad white guys too like it's not it's just like <laughs> just because it, yeah it doesn't make any sense but the like him like getting makeup or whatever to have japanese asian looking eyes or whatever it's like i don't know if it's racist it's just stupid like it's like it's like i think he's pretty tall like six two six four scottish monster and it's just (laughs) putting a black straight haired wig on and changing your eyes a little is not gonna (laughs) fool anybody and it's so insane but i do really love like just seeing all the stuff that's like stereotypical of james bond and like this one i would say trying to think of other ones but like this one might be the ultimate villain's lair where it's like hidden in a volcano and it has like the guys roping down at the end yeah and it's like okay i definitely have seen that one then i was that was one i was like i feel like i remember the japanese disguise scene but talking about roping down definitely i remember that. yeah and And like that's yeah in the simpsons like with uh, yeah like every James Bond's in the Simpsons, but like, uh, that specific James Bond episode, uh, where, yeah, it's just Scorpio Scorpio. Yeah. It's like, it really helped me out if you just kill someone on the way out. (laughs) (laughs) But that, uh, yeah, it's just crazy, wacky stuff. So it's quite a bit of fun. And, uh, that's the thing. All of them, even the bad ones. I'm g- interested in watching Diamonds Are Forever. That's the last uh, Sean Connery one. And people like say like he's so indifferent in it. Like in the earlier ones, you can see that he cares and is like trying with the acting and like is motivated. But like Diamonds Are Forever, I wonder if there's going to be anything redeeming in that one. This one there's quite a bit of fun stuff in it so yeah you only live with twice and it's called that because he dies at the beginning doesn't he yeah and then comes back to life somehow <laughs> yeah i'm not exactly sure if 
they knew or does he die at the end of the of thunderball or whatever is before i don't know i thought there was some weird he dies at the beginning of this one and they have a fake funeral and then they pick him out like they do the like navy thing where they dump you in the water yeah but then he has like a gas mask on and stuff Yeah, that I definitely have seen then. Um, something else, first time watch, 1992. Got a lot of 90 watching, 90s watching in. Um, Francis Ford Coppola's Bram Stoker's Dracula, starring Gary Oldman in a variety of different makeup uh i i've seen the like old um universal dracula i've seen nosferatu i've seen dracula dead and loving it i don't know if there's any other dracula specific ones uh that i've seen but like this one is like okay i i I generally have the story but this one i feel like is one of the best, uh, if not probably the best, um, story-wise and characters and stuff going on. Um, and Gary Oldman is just awesome. And yeah, talking about the different makeup, like there's so many different forms that he seems to have. Like there's him, it shows the like uh, prologue when it's like him when he's young and then um, and then cut to the the current time and he's an old man he's got this like <laughs> giant hair thing going on and then uh after feeding on someone then he's young again and then he's got like kind of a bat form like where he's like a man bat <laughs> uh is basically the best way i can describe it and then there's even like another kind of monster vampire form and i don't know like it's all over the place in terms of like his look but he's just nailing it because he's gary oldman but uh even though he's good and it's kind of expected that he's going to be good i was i was really into um anthony hopkins as van helsing and just being like crazy old german man (laughs) like I love Anthony Hopkins. Like, there's so many things, and I don't realize it sometimes. But it's just like, no, yeah. I love Anthony Hopkins. Like, he's just he is a amazing. fun guy to watch. Uh, like, obviously, I love Thor, but like The Edge and um, like I don't know Silence of the Lambs, but yeah, there's <laughs> Zorro and Meet Joe Black. I like him in that. Even have you like, seen The Last I- Indian? When he no. doesn't make a motorcycle, yeah, no, he no. is excellent. Uh, what was something else I was thinking? It's like, oh yeah, I love, love him in that. Um, maybe it was just Zorro. He's in Legends of the Fall. Uh, uh oh yeah, the Wolfman. Just saw, saw him in the Wolfman, mm-hmm. and he's good fun in that. Uh, and then just to skip ahead the one of the movies i didn't get to watch and it's not really horror but i felt like it fell into the the freak show part of halloween is the elephant man 
Um, I have that sitting on the shelf and haven't watched it yet. And he's in that. But uh, Dracula, yeah, it had some surprises. Even though I knew the story in general, there's kind of a lot going on in this one. A lot of people in it. Winona Ryder. It plays like his love person like his wife or whatever it is at the beginning of the movie and she ends up uh getting killed and then she's she shows up um playing this other character later in life and he sees her as being the same person so he's pursuing her um keanu reeves is in it with a bad english accent uh carrie elways um and took me a minute but uh billy campbell aka the rocketeer Mm. plays like the one american in the movie and he's like this stereotypical like texan got a big mustache always like rah 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 this accent but i was like hey that's the rocketeer um yeah um actually I, until looking at it now i thought this was her but monica bellucci is also in it as um she says dracula's bride but she's in like the matrix sequels and, and james bond she's and yeah specter passion of the christ um so it's a very small role for her but uh yeah and it's directed by the director of the godfather so you kind of imagine it's gonna be pretty good and yeah it is it's uh a solid dracula movie it's probably the best so still only giving it a four because it's not like it's not changing my world or anything but uh very enjoyable very worth the while to watch it um good effects good everything um and weird that uh carrie elways is in it and he's robin hood men in tights and then uh what's her name yasbeth or whatever who plays marion plays the character of lucy i think in dracula dead and loving it so there's this weird circle of like his character in this is engaged to um this girl Lucy and then he's with Marion and then she plays a different Lucy so it's kind of cool. Uh really got to get my hands on that movie though because it's been too long and I think it does a good job of uh parodying all these Dracula movies. But who knows uh <laughs> this year seeing a lot of Mel Brooks movies again and thinking oh, it's not that great. <laughs> Um, and for, uh, posterity, the green mile would be on this list just after Dracula at the four and a half check out last week for more of that. And then I'll, uh, drop in here. Hellraiser from 1987, the original Hellraiser. Yeah, tell me about this. What watched on Razor? Amazon Prime? 
So I knew nothing. I knew the character of Pinhead, this white-faced bald guy with nails sticking out of his head. Right. That's all but, I know, too. And he's holding this little box on the poster. And I know in uh, Cabin in the Woods, there's a bit of a reference to him. And there's like a puzzle sphere that is kind of like this puzzle box that he has. So the plot of this... Uh, <laughs> just reading the synopsis on Letterboxd. Uh, I'll do a better job of summing this up. Well, I'll go into more detail, though. So this couple is moving into this house. Um, I, I, I think it's like their old house or it used to belong to someone in the family. But like starting off, I'm like, okay, these people are just going to die right away because they're this old couple. Or to me, they look like, old like in their 40s maybe 50s but no they turn out to be kind of the main characters or at least the wife does and uh so they find it's like oh someone's been squatting in this house and then it's like oh no it turns out it's this guy's brother and then it goes into this flashback uh with the wife and she had an affair with this brother and then uh turns out he he got killed in the house by uh, these, I don't know what they're called now. I think it's like Cenobites or something. Whatever Pinhead and all his buddies are called. They're like this race of demon people. Um, so he, he had this box and these de- demonic beings end up killing him in this house. And through um just something by chance uh the husband's blood dripping on the floor it resurrects the brother and it's kind of like the mummy uh where it's like he's incomplete like he's kind of like uh he he needs people to like be brought to him to feed off of to become whole again so it's like he goes from being like this slimy like just muscle tissue and then being a little bit more formed and then a little bit more and whatever. So it's the main plot of it is like the wife, this two time in wife <laughs> again, the, <laughs> this has come up with several movies luring men back to this house to kill. <laughs> right. But like to, for, for this guy. So she's like, more she's in love with the brother not her husband and she's killing for him uh so that he can feed off them to become whole again and that's the that's the majority and of the is movie that pinhead uh, no like so this is just a victim of pinhead so like the whole time i'm like when is this coming into play because like you see them for a brief second at the beginning when this guy dies and you don't know what's going on but then it's not till later where it's like uh the the daughter of the the husband because uh, like I guess her real mother died and he remarried this other person so she is kind of catching on to like what the heck is going on with my stepmom here and uh, finds the puzzle box and then she's sucked into this world where there's these monster people chasing her and then she's got a I don't even know if she's kind of destroy the box or i don't know but i forget what the thing is but she gets on to like what's what's going on and then kind of tricks them into uh 
killing this her uncle again because he's uh, kind of a douchebag. So <laughs> that's that's the whole movie uh, basically. But it was very intriguing because I had no idea what was what it was supposed to be about. And then when it gets into this thing of like uh, this mummy stuff of him like feeding on people to become whole again, and really even before that happens just the um the creature effect the practical effects from this thing is awesome like it's very much the thing but like this is a couple years after so it's like even better looking and i think the thing looks like all the creature stuff in that look awesome um but I think it looks even better in this. Like when the guy was first resurrected, that's just like arms coming out of the floor in a weird way and like just kind of forming. I don't know. It's like really well done. It's this one is one of the grosser things for sure because there's like him talking without like a face and stuff like that. And, um, but yeah, really, really well done. Um, and yeah, the whole pinhead thing is barely in it. Like it's mostly at the end, but I really liked it because of that. Like it wasn't, ex it wasn't what I was thinking at all. I was like, oh, this guy is just a Michael Myers or Jason just killing people, but in weird ways. But no, it wasn't that at all. It was mo mostly about this other story. And... I'm kind of curious to see sequels, but at the same time, it's like, I don't think that you can top this. I think you're going to go in a stupid direction and just keep trying to be this, but in a new way. And it's not going to be cool. I think this one was the coolest <laughs> and you're not going to top it. <laughs> That's interesting. Uh, just like the limited amount that he's in it. Yeah. Like they don't even say his name. It's just like, that's a description of him basically like uh right. it's just yeah there's things like i'm looking at um other credits and there's like frank the monster oh i guess no frank is the um the brother yeah that was one thing watching this i'm like there's got to be some sound bites in here for uh film junk to use just talking about frank all the time uh but some of the other things um i think there was one called oh yeah there's chattering cenobite and it's like i don't think it had eyes and it's basically just like a mouth and like its teeth are chattering all the time so it's like that's just a creepy thing like someone just like just like right. that constantly and, and without like a normal face and then someone that was like a, a woman kind of looks like pinhead but like her throat is kind of slit and there's like something holding open the skin. So it's like really kind of gruesome stuff, but they all just like look a little, uh, I don't know what you call that. Uh, if that's S and M <laughs> or, uh, I guess it kind of is, it's not like a, a sexual thing, but some people I know they like get off on the pain of things like putting hooks in skin and gross stuff like that. So there's a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I, I don't know that I'm ever going to venture into more Hellraiser stuff. I know there is, uh, 
a new one that just came out this year that uh, Jay from um, Red Letter Media was looking forward to saying it looked pretty good, but I don't know if he actually has seen it and reviewed it yet, but I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to be that interested in seeing them. It's just one of those things. It's kind of like me and John Wick. John Wick, I'll watch the other ones, but it was like I watched the first one and I just assumed the next ones aren't going to be as good because like, how can you top that? That's amazing. So not that Hellraiser is like my favorite thing ever, but it was like a really pleasant surprise. So. Yeah, John Wick's. Uh, <laughs> you should. We should do them. Yeah, the, uh, the fourth I think one. I, I yeah, think is that it. out? The fourth one, or that's no, coming out still? It's, they're gonna make it. Yeah, but yeah, no, they're they're all the three. They all have interesting stuff in them. I think uh, one it goes one, three, and two. I think the third one's a little better than the second one, but they're all. They're never bad. Uh, I'll just quickly go here. Uh, how many more do you have? Um, there's two that I haven't seen and two that I've rewatched. So the rewatches I don't need to spend much time on, but then two okay. others. Okay. I'll just do two quickly. Uh, and then I have one more thing to talk about, so that'll okay. work out. Uh, I watch Thunderball and Quantum of Solace, uh, pretty much the opposite movies in the James Bond world. Quantum is the shortest James Bond; it's only an hour forty something, and Quantum se- or Thunderball seems like it's forever. Uh, <laughs> Have you ever heard the Johnny Cash Thunderball? Uh, I think so, but I forget. It was a podcast. I think it, they played it on. I don't know if that was on Art of the Score or if it was James Bonding. Yeah, but I think yeah, it was Art of the Score. But like, he just knew the song title. He just knew the yeah. title of the movie, so he just an unsolicited song. But it's <laughs> yeah. fantastic. But uh, no, Thunderballs. Not as I think Aaron had it on his top 100, and I could. Well, I don't understand that as far as like of all the James Bonds to pick, but it's definitely not as bad as I remember it and its reputation. Uh, it is somewhat boring, but like there's still good, fun stuff in it, all the underwater stuff and i think it's the fourth james bond movie so he's sean counter he's still trying they still care uh (laughs) so there's that and quantum is underrated it is fantastic there's so many it could have been amazing like because there was a writer strike so there was all these problems with the production of it uh but there's such like the fact that it's this direct sequel to Casino Royale and like mm-hmm. that's one thing where I feel like the franchise the Daniel Craig stuff that does fall apart when it could have been perfect because they have like Mr. White this continuing character and all this stuff and they kind of like 
let that fall apart, I think, at least. But Quantum, uh, it's it's good. There's good action. It's kind of arty, where, like, there's, like, chases with no sound and all this other stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. But, yeah, I... I love it. I think uh, the Bond girls in it are fun. Uh, yeah, it's good stuff. Underrated. Yeah, it was better last time I watched it too. It went up a bit. Yeah. I think it's the main thing is it's just not as good as Casino Royale. So then you're let down a bit, but. Uh... Which is yeah yeah, but like and it's as hard far to as follow like, the first time too. It's like what's going on? Like yeah. you forget what you're watching, and then yeah. second time it's a little more straightforward. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, I like. Uh, what's her name? Strawberry Fields. Yeah. <laughs> No, and she's. They awesome. don't even say her name, and it's just in the credits. It's just Fields, just Fields. No, yeah, no, she's, she's awesome. Good. Her, the red hair is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, like I like her attitude. I love Mathis. That they bring him yeah. back. I love his relationship with. Bond. He's redeemed. Yeah, and then killed. <laughs> yeah, and thrown into a dumpster. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, so of the movies in this watch list that I actually got to watch this month, this is my number four, and it's from this year. Just came out on Disney Plus. It was in theaters earlier. Barbarian. Okay. Um, this is another one if you go in not really knowing what you're getting into it's it's really engaging um the opening setup is a woman going to an airbnb and someone else is already staying there and they kind of work out like uh, what's going on like oh we booked through two different websites so somehow there was this overlap and I don't want to go too much into it, um, but like the tension building in the, the opening is really good. The, it has like a very clear first, second, third act with like deliberate breaks. Like that first act, it's like tension, 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 and then like big kind of scare that happens, and then like completely cut to something totally different like you're watching a different movie i think the aspect ratio might change i'm not sure at that point but definitely in the third act it does again so i don't know it's uh each section is so well done and uh i was totally engaged the whole time unfortunately some of it was sort of spoiled for me by my nephew we were hanging out a bunch of us and he's like oh have you seen barbarian it's about blah blah, blah. and he spoils the thing where it's like you don't even find that out until like the last 20 minutes of the movie like don't open with that like 
<laughs> he's uh, college age, so he, he doesn't know what he's doing half the time. Uh, but yeah, even in spite of that, it was like, uh, okay, I know that detail. That's fine. But uh, it's all about, not that it's all about atmosphere, but it's about tension building and like, oh man, don't go in there or like, don't do that kind of stuff. Like that sort of horror feel. And uh, funnily enough, it is the third movie of this year where a person of color looks at a situation and says, nope, and turns and departs the other way. This happens in Jurassic World Dominion, the movie, nope, and Barbarian. And it's, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Why is 2022 the year of nope? Uh, and I'm sure that is maybe just a thing that black people do, but that's just, it happened three times this year. And the fact that there's a movie called Nope, and that's not that that's like the whole point of that movie, but uh, just something I noticed. But of the three, I think this one's the best. Uh, and uh, I like Nope, but I think that this is is was more entertaining for me, and really well shot, and uh, yeah, love the look of it, and just kind of a not a mystery, but one of those horror movies where it's like, what's going on, kind of thing. So I gave it a four and a half. Uh, really loved it. Really engaged very i think it's pretty scary um just because of the 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 tension in the air um i know film junk reviewed it but frank didn't see it and his whole thing is with jump scares it's like i don't think he would be able to sit through this movie not that there's a lot of jump scares but the anticipation of a jump scare i know he'll get his like where's the jump telling him when they're gonna happen and maybe that would alleviate it but like still watching some of these things in like a dark hallway with a phone lighting it up and that's it and you can't see anything like i was watching it in the daytime and i was like (laughs) on edge with it it's it's pretty uh pretty scary yeah i'm not gonna be watching that i'm i'm not one for jump scares either yeah um and then yeah having just mentioned nope i did rewatch get out um okay i haven't watched that since i first saw it and uh it it held up having seen it and knowing where it's going there were a lot of things where i'm like okay that is obvious now seeing what's uh what people are saying and certain things where it's like yeah it's obvious what the 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 uh reveal is gonna be but first time watching it i didn't know so it's a very skillful movie in what it does and uh good performances and very unique and original so get out holds up i gave it a five i feel like it would it maybe could have gone down into my mind a little bit because like it doesn't have the the feel of the first time watch 
of being wowed or whatever, but it was still a really good viewing experience. Um, and it felt really short too. I don't know if I watched it in two parts and that's why I felt that way or if it was one sitting. I think it was one sitting. So yeah, it just seemed, maybe I paused it at one point and it was still the same day. I just went back to it. I don't know. But yeah, Get Out totally holds up. So. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so you have two more? Yep. Okay. Uh, have you been watching Andor? I have. Um, I feel like maybe four episodes in right now. Okay. So I think there's a total of 12 when it comes out. All comes out. I think the eighth one is out every Wednesday. So we got a couple more left. Uh, I, I think this is my favorite Star Wars thing since Disney bought it. The only thing that would compete for me would be Force Awakens, which I think I would probably prefer, but I definitely enjoy this better than all the TV shows, even Mandalorian. Uh, I just, it's, and it's so refreshing compared to Obi-Wan. Like, the yeah. dialogue, like, yeah. why is everyone not talking like an idiot? <laughs> yeah. Right? And it's just like, this is just like, it just makes, it also, this is weird, but it actually makes me feel good that, like, I'm not crazy. Like, Obi-Wan dialogue, that was horrible. This is not. It's the same yeah. studio. Not same creative people and writers, but it's like, there are people out there in the industry that can write good, interesting characters and dialogues that don't, that doesn't sound stupid. And it's yeah. just like, it is possible to do it. So like, and just like the slow reveals of what's going on. And like the, at first, like I'm enjoying the first couple episodes more now just looking back at it because it was like, oh, okay, here we go. Backstory, all this stuff. I don't care. But now, whereas like more, is it slowly revealed? I think it's excellent. I, uh, the Mon Mothma stuff is like, I think this is interesting. I think he's a good character. Uh, what they reference my only thing is I could see how people would say it's not very Star Wars-y and it's certainly not original series swashbuckling adventure. It's very mm -hmm. serious, but whatever. I'd rather have this than... But yeah, it feels like it fits in with Rogue One, it fits... which is kind of what it's supposed to be. And I think it's better than Rogue One. Like yes, that, I, I think, I think it very... is cartoony characters and yeah like obviously this has more time but like even in the first three episodes that being one little arc that's better than rogue one even though yeah. it's not like a complete story yet but yeah. yeah and they're slowly introducing characters i'm really enjoying i feel like every three episodes is its own story so like 
you put the first three episodes together and that's its own little movie next three episodes go together next three episodes and just like how like the non-climax episodes end are like very non-climaxy <laughs> in a way yeah. and it's just yeah, like sometimes they just end and, yeah <laughs> it's like, and oh, then okay. it's like yeah it's like every three episodes is its own little thing i feel so yeah once it's all done i i don't think or i don't i i would but uh if we need to do a whole episode on it but like yeah i'll have more to say and we can talk more spoilery about it but i'm really enjoying it like actually looking forward to it not completely positive where it's going all the Mm. time which is a nice surprise where it's like you have like three or four options and it's like oh they went this way instead and (laughs) it's just like uh so yeah the director and the writers are and even the action there's action coming up in episodes you haven't watched yet that is like not this mind-boggling thing but like unique and fun and different so yeah highly recommend and or i would have never guessed it's a pleasant surprise yeah i'm just looking i'm i started episode five so and it seems like they're getting longer which i don't love but uh yeah, I guess they, the, they weren't the, that short to begin with. Like, I thought they were more of a half hour, but like the first one's 42, and then 38, yeah. 43. So yeah, the it's, la- it's latest one's like 50 minutes. Yeah, or 57, so it's almost a full hour. Yeah. But, but the credits are I mean, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what of that is credits, and if it needs it, it needs it. That's the beauty of these streaming shows. It's like you don't have to pad it to just fit you can go as long or you can cut it short if you need to and i uh, like it's not that it's guaranteed but there's going to be 12 episodes and then there the plan is to make one more season that lines up with the beginning of rogue one and then it's like so that's beautiful like they already know (laughs) kind of it seems like they know where it's going and there's stuff in there where it's like there's so many characters that have not connected which is great i find like where it's like it's going to be leading to uh bottlenecking them all in together one time or something uh so that anticipation alone seems fun and uh yeah interesting stuff yeah i think for me um i mean it's hard to say with only a few episodes but not that it's the most interesting but something that is very interesting is the inclusion of the imperial characters right and it's like i i'm not sure where that's going and it's like is someone changing sides or is it building up a villain like i don't know which way it's going for some of them and just even seeing that side it's like i think it makes the story stronger and not just yeah cartoony like uh what's yeah. his name in rogue one 
with his cape running around like yeah uh, krennic so yeah so yeah i'll i will continue with it um i don't know i'm not really watching any other shows at the moment i finished she hulk but that one is is very like short half hour or less did you sitcom type stuff listen do you ever listen to tv junk um i've listened like a few um, yeah so they did she hulk so i listened to it so i'm interested i i don't think i'm gonna watch them all but i do want to watch the last episode because i know the twist and how yeah. crazy it gets and then so stuff like that yeah i loved it i love that twist and uh it's very different and uh yeah i thought that that was probably the best part of the whole series i enjoyed it and i especially like the uh daredevil episode um but yeah it was it was good it wasn't trying to be super serious so it's doing some fun things there's some dumb things that's th- sprinkled throughout, but it's like, you know what? It's not like a show ruining thing. And I know a lot of people are complaining about it. And it's like, you guys need to just loosen your, <laughs> your belt. <laughs> like, <laughs> just who cares? Like, if you don't like it, don't watch it kind of stuff where it's like, I, I'm fine with it. It's, uh, it's enjoyable to me. It's entertainment, and I take it as such. So, but yeah, Kevin in the finale and leading up to that is great. Um, so my final two, um, are five stars watched on Netflix. From 2019, also much talked about Midsummer. Okay. Um, I wasn't sure if I would love this one or not. I mean, I gave it a five. I don't. I'm still not sure if I love it. Um, but it's definitely like a technical achievement. There's a lot of like awesome shots and great filmmaking, and like I, it's something to recognize. It's kind of like, um. Uh, with Citizen Kane it's like that may not be my favorite but it's like yeah this has to be a five like it's it's just so well done and the themes in this um, I think it's also just like I got it whereas kind of like opposite end of the spectrum Suspiria if I didn't get it I'm not gonna like it maybe there's something I'm missing there but with this it's like I understand what it is telling me uh, and what the characters are feeling and stuff like that and all good performances and uh yeah overall i thought it was uh lived up to the hype and um it's not scary uh so it's a and yeah it's very bright it's very summery um so yeah it's a very different type of horror movie um i did like um hereditary which i watched last year around uh halloween uh but i think i like midsummer more Uh, same director um so yeah i uh 
I recommend that. I don't really know what else to say about it. Uh, if anyone doesn't know what it's about, uh, like I said, it's on Netflix, so you can watch it. But uh, it's uh, opens with a tragedy that happens uh, to this girl's family. And then uh, she, her boyfriend is kind of like on the verge of breaking up with her before this happens. And then he kind of feels like he can't because she's grieving. And then he's going on this trip to Sweden with some friends and then kind of invites her along, not expecting she would go because she's very shut in and then ends up going with them. And it's like this Swedish commune thing so there's like just a lot of weird cultural stuff or they just assume it's cultural and i guess it is but just weird weird stuff going on you know how the swedes are uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah it's like it's not supposed to be like this is how people in sweden are it's, it's a weird community so uh they're going there for like studying them basically and uh just stuff happens so I liked it. Um, it's not going to be on my top 100 or anything, but solid, solid movie and deserves the praise that it has gotten. And Florence Pugh is the main character. And yeah, she's she's awesome. So she deserves all the praise she gets as well. Um, and of the ones I watched, number one goes to a rewatch on my top 100 uh rewatched it i hadn't ever logged it on letterbox so it's been a while um but i watched Shaun of the dead and okay. holds up it's uh it's good fun it's good writing uh funny but also like a legitimate zombie movie where it's not a spoof it's not a parody it's like an it is a horror comedy. It's not trying to like it's if anything paying more of a homage to uh, zombie movies, but still being a legitimate zombie movie, if not like one of the best, <laughs> because it's so entertaining, so well done. The like makeup and performance, like all the zombie performances, uh, love all the characters. <laughs> the script the editing the music it's all there the repeated lines uh there's so many lines that it's like first half second half repeated in different contexts uh and i forget if there was like anything that i was like oh i didn't notice that thing um because i've i have seen it a bunch so i've kind of seen it all but uh it was one of those where it's like i don't know does this still have a place on the top 100 i haven't watched in a while and it might have even gone up who knows um i'm still tweaking that list so uh yeah it's uh it is a favorite and i think it's probably um it's the first like simon Pegg movie i had seen so that might have be part of this but i think it's his best character and same with nick frost i think the two of them in this it's like they play these the best and it's kind of like that statement about you have your whole life 
to write right. your first album. And I know they did stuff before this, like they were in a, a sitcom called Spaced, and the characters, or at least his, is, is close to this. But I think it's perfected in the movie, and Nick Frost is very different in that show, actually. So, um, but there's even cameos from that show, or um, uh, the main love interest in that show. She shows up kind of as a cameo, and. Peter Serafenowitz is in both, um, and I'm sure many, many other people, but yeah, classic Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, it's I, awesome. I don't know that if it, I, I at one point thought it was better than um, Hot Fuzz. I think Hot Fuzz might, I like, might like more. Uh, but I don't know. It's it's a tough call because they're both very very good. We should do all three of these. Like I have only watched The World's End once. Yeah, and I might have seen that one twice, and I don't think much of it. It's not bad, but it's like it's nothing compared to the other two. Yeah, it's like a I don't know if it's too much of the same thing or what, but. Uh, I also think that's maybe like one of his least likable characters for Simon Pegg. It's right. like, I think you need that. You need to, like, even if he's a dirtbag, you need to like him yeah. and you don't. So I think that's maybe part of the problem with yeah. that one. But yeah, I think Shaun of the Dead, like I've seen it two or three times, but the last time what I'm impressed with, not impressed, but like when the zombies start doing stuff and he goes to the grocery store or the convenience store for the first time yeah. there and just like how that's all shot. Yeah. It's so good. And like, I, it is genius. The slipping on the blood. Yeah. Like, and just, <laughs> uh, and just keeps going. And like, it is so good. It, there's a lot of little things in it that are yeah and fantastic. paying attention to the first time because you see him going to yeah. the store and like all these things happen and then you see it the second time where it's like either someone's not there or like the first time a jogger runs by the second time it's someone like running for their lives like it's yeah. it is yeah it's so meticulous in the like storyboarding and uh i think this is where like hot fuzz is the same thing with the editing and like just one thing going into another and repeated lines and all that stuff like it's they're both really good at that um i'm sure it's in the third one too but uh yeah we could do all th all three of those um so yeah that was that's it for what i watched uh the other ones i so i mentioned the elephant man was on the list um also sleeping with the enemy i have on the shelf and i know that um paul and rust are doing that in their yuppie nightmares series on their podcast so i kind of want to watch it for that uh the suspiria remake halloween 2018 kind of wanted to see and so those four i haven't seen before and then i also have uh recently got the crow which i've only seen once and an american werewolf in paris which i've seen a few times so it wasn't high on my list but i know that's kind of like a 
a goofier take on American Werewolf in London. I probably am more entertained by it, but I know it's a lesser movie. But uh, I just remember seeing it on TV for the first time a long time ago and thinking it was fun. But I don't know that I'll watch all of those. I'll probably watch Elephant Man. I can watch any time of the year. Suspiria, I don't think I'll watch. If I don't watch Halloween tomorrow for Halloween, I probably won't watch it. <laughs> so, uh, I guess tune in next month to find out if I did watch any of those. Um, so we're into November. Um, and I threw this out to Nathan. There's a, a remake that just came out. All Quiet on the Western Front on Netflix, I think. So we're going to do that next week um, for the week of Remembrance Day. I I know I tend to watch um, war movies or series or things around that time. Um, I have a couple others that I might watch, but it's not like gonna be my halloween list where i have like 30 war movies i'm gonna get through but uh i thought that would be good um now something else i'm gonna throw out there speaking of remembrance day november 11th is actually when black panther wakanda forever comes out and it's gonna be the first time in a while i'm probably gonna go see it opening night now, the following week, we were going to do X-Men First Class and Days of Futures Past. But would you want to do a Black Panther? Sure. We can post If you were X-Men. planning on seeing that, just I'll to, like, I don't often do that, seeing movies opening night. So it's like, whenever I am, I feel like I throw it out there as like, want to do a new review. So, yeah, two in no, a row, single movie, new releases, uh, and then that gives it. Not that there's a ton to watch, but two movies for X Men um, gives us more time. So we'll just float that to to Steve. Uh, we'll push that a week. So, yeah, sounds good. Okay, so well, next week, all quiet on the Western Front. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah, and I mean, we can talk war movies in general. Uh, I don't know how, how much discussion we'll get out of the one movie, but uh, yeah. So we just made it to three hours. <laughs> I wasn't sure. These I always get it. It's like we're halfway there, and I'm like, yeah. maybe we won't be three hours this time. But here we are. Okay. Okay. Thanks for listening. <laughs> I'm a shooting star leaping through the sky like a tiger defying the laws of gravity. I'm a racing car passing by.